0: Hi, I'm Tapia And I'm Brian Ziegler from the band Dark Beauty. And you're, you're listening,
1: listening to, to the Free Freeform Form Rock Podcast. Podcast. Right! You are listening to the Freeform Rock Podcast. Is everybody
2: in? Is everybody in? Is everybody in? The ceremony is about to begin.
0: All right, man. You know where you're at. Hey, uh, Charles, where are we at, man?
3: Well, we're on America's motherfucking podcast, ain't we? I threw the motherfucker in there because that's my style. (laughs) And by the way, I don't just rip off people. (laughs) Mark Dowell. I'll let you know that one. But we have a very special guest on tonight's show. But I'm going to turn it back to the original the true host of the Freeform Rock Podcast to get into what we're doing and who our great guest is.
0: Well, you know what? I always let Lee do that, so go ahead and introduce him, man. Okay. okay. Well,
3: fuck it. I'll do it. It's my number one. I've said it many times on BS Sessions and other shows, my Oasis blood brother. He's mad for it, just like me. Eddie. That's right. I still call him Eddie. Kenny Strachey, how you doing
1: tonight, man? I'm doing great, brother, and I appreciate it. And I, you're, I prefer Eddie, especially if we're talking rock music, you know? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, when it's rock and roll time, that's when Eddie comes out. Edwin's that guy that, like, talks about, like, Jean-Luc Godard films and shit. Eddie's the guy that wants to talk about, get drunk and talk about Oasis albums. <laughs> so, yeah. So well, Edwin match. seems
0: kind of proper for Oasis because they're fucking well, stuck up as fuck. <laughs> no, but, what, are you, what are you talking about?
1: They're fucking like geezers.
3: Are you being Are you being sarcastic? Uh, <laughs> First I of know. all, yeah. Ed, Edwin's the guy I keep peddling story ideas to. And yes. Ed is my rock and roll brother. <laughs> and he's My Oasis blood brother. But also my Guns N' Roses fucking brother. Yeah. So Although- Mark,
1: you're in trouble tonight, man. Oh, God. Yeah. No, listen, let me tell you something. I love Oasis. And, yeah, I'm probably the person that loves Oasis the most that you've ever met. But still, I can't compete with you, Charles. No one loves Oasis as much as you. <laughs> so you're definitely I, the top I'm yeah,
3: Daly of the Oasis thing. Like, he's Sammy Hagar.
4: No, you know?
0: no, he's, he's a liar. Yes, he's he liar. is. He's a he liar. Is. He hates Sammy. Come on. I would
1: say you were an Oasis tard, but... <laughs> but, but, there is no such thing as an Oasis tard, because Oasis, is ne- they've never done anything shitty. What? <laughs> Am I offended? <laughs> so, as a result, there's nothing retarded about liking Oasis. To me, to be a tard is, a band has to at least have two or three shitty albums, but yet their fan base will still love whatever they give them. You know yeah. what I mean? Oasis never... Gave that we never had that scenario so you know so i can't say that there's oasis tarts it doesn't it doesn't exist <laughs> i get it and actually well wait a minute for you i'll
3: let you throw us two cents in there we would actually be if we were something we'd be oasis twats as liam would say we'd be fucking
1: twats <laughs> yeah okay maybe that yeah, yeah. If Liam came into a room with us, we'd f- feel like a schoolgirl. So maybe yes, <laughs> we'd be Oasis why twice. I know I would. I, I, I know I would.
3: <laughs> Go ahead, Mark. what you got? To say, I just y'all.
0: know you and uh, the great Doctor Doctor Fuck, love this band. I'm kind of yep.
1: with Ian. Yeah, band. no, Ralph's with us. Ralph is a total yeah. oasis. Yeah. He'd be oh, like a yeah, schoolgirl with Liam Gallagher walked in as well, I think. <laughs> yeah. He's a dreamy bloke.
3: We are a small we are a small percentage. I like to call it the RMCP galaxy.
1: <laughs> yeah. We have uh, well, R- especially here well, yeah, if you're talking in the RMCP army or the RMCP galaxy or universe, the multiverse. Right. <laughs> Uh, yeah, there's not a lot of Oasis love. Not a lot of Oasis love. So, yeah. so I feel like that's, yeah, you, me, and Ralph. But, you know, that's like three of the top tier people. So yeah. come on, I, we'll get on with it.
3: Yeah, <laughs> I man. Keep it, 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 alive, that's for sure. It's that's
0: like that. in the multiverse, there's two marks there's an asshole mark, and there's a dick mark, and there's <laughs> a dick mark.
1: Well, three marks, you know, right? <laughs> but, but hopefully they all snort Fireball. If I bully <laughs> them into it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I didn't bully you into it, but there was a little maybe a little touch of peer pressure, which I feel bad about. I'm sorry, Mark. I'm sorry I made you do that awesome thing that made you a fucking legend. <laughs> <laughs> well shit. Well, we're this'll be out this, in like, I think this April, awesome. this episode,
0: but uh the, the the year of me snorting whiskey was yesterday. <laughs> So it came up in a memory. <laughs> oh, so, oh, wow. So it's officially one year. <laughs> one year since I snorted started the trilogy of uh, booze.
1: <laughs> you should share You should share that on Facebook. I mean, God, you, God knows did. you share everything else. Oh, <laughs> I did.
0: That's good. God did. didn't see
1: it
4: yet.
0: <laughs> like, like I told Ralph, I'm not as big as him. I got to keep sharing shit. <laughs> Constant content. Constant content, man. I got to fucking <laughs> throw that shit out. At- all of you people <laughs> hey i'm here
3: i'm here best one though You're the fireball done. was the best one the fucking keyboard got ruined <laughs> <laughs> i get fucking lee was dm and mark on the side are you okay Stop. <laughs> this and that like he was really concerned he made us do mascara sue Oh,
0: fucker.
1: for fuck's sake because james, of- james west was very concerned he's like please yeah. don't do it mark <laughs> hey and i respect and i love james west and i respect that he cared about you but like we said i looked into it because i thought you know what Maybe I don't want Mark to die. So I looked into it. I looked into it. And it, you know, from what I read, from what I read from Google, Google said it couldn't kill you. So I was like, okay, good enough for me. <laughs> yeah, and I told you the same thing. I looked it up before I started doing it to
0: make sure I don't want to die
1: either. <laughs> it just said it will just it just gets to your bloodstream faster. So it'll yeah. just fuck you up. That's oh, what it's like.
0: oh, God, I was <laughs> fucked up that whole day. Yeah,
1: I know. <laughs> oh See, dude, it's like real. Like you were instantly boom. I was just, instantly,
0: dude. You see that picture of the video and freaking from the whiskey snorting? Up, my face is red as fuck.
1: <laughs> my the, great, the Mark. You know, you just you need to generate more content like that. I know, I know, it would kill you, but I don't know. But,
4: but yeah, it was that,
1: amazing. It's one of the greatest things you ever did. Although that Van Halen unboxing was pretty fucking awesome too. That's probably my second favorite thing you've done. <laughs> okay. Now this, now this is gonna do. The enema is
3: going
1: to do the tampon
0: on the... of alcohol up my ass, right?
1: <laughs> so we did one- last year it was One Direction, <laughs> this year it's going to be the other end.
0: <laughs> oh my god. My, my wife won't be happy with you people.
3: <laughs> Anything for
0: views, that's Mark so, Alden it, Taylor.
3: It. Share it! Like and subscribe! You I
0: have just- a- I just want to make people laugh, you know. <laughs> I, I, I'm a I'm a comedian, but I'm not as like, like, like Chris Farley, where I'm going to kill myself <laughs> doing shit to make you guys laugh, you know. <laughs> he, he,
1: listen, that's just because he was doing the drugs off screen, you know, off yeah. it wasn't just what he was doing in front of the camera. Chris Farley, like, you know, if he just did shit in front of the camera, he would have lived. So as long as you just do all this shit in front of the camera
0: you might live yeah it's like uh you remember (laughs) when you were in the beatles that was cool
1: (laughs) hey but then listen i love chris farley i'm not saying that i'm not trying to romanticize dying young and all that it's all sad but at the same time it's like something that angus young said about bon scott he said yeah you know it's tragic that he died when he did at his age but bon lived more you know in like 30 something years than most people live you know for their whole life you know and so like sometimes you sometimes it's risky making the myths sometimes you're out there and yeah you might die young i mean like look at like jim morrison and all these people you know the you know the 27 club but at the same time god think of that fucking life those 20 fucking seven years that jim morrison had (laughs) compared to some guy that's like an accountant somewhere you know like i'm not and i'm not saying there's anything wrong with being an accountant somewhere but i'm saying at the same time there's some of us we all have a different timetable we all go out at different times in different ways and at different terms so again i'm not saying i'm not encouraging you to die mark what i'm saying (laughs) is you know if you live a little more on the edge to entertain people to make the myths, that's just what will make your content just a little bit stronger. <laughs> it's what gives you the edge.
3: <laughs> totally, and it's almost as if it's the master plan.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you mean like a masterpiece? The master. Yeah. Get <laughs> yeah, two total oasis twats that will speak in our secret oasis is awesome language.
0: my <laughs> oh, <thank> god. <laughs> it's like now i'm just a little spoiler now i know why i can't listen to a complete oasis album (laughs) did charles ruin it for you (laughs) no i i actually this was my pick because he picked poison flesh and blood so i wanted to give him something so i picked this album for uh which dig out your soul you know
1: i'm glad you did actually because this is probably the oasis album i have listened to of the you know their official like studio albums this is the one I've listened to the least, actually. So, and, so, spoiler alert, it's
3: my least favorite one.
1: Oh, cool. Spoiler <laughs> oh, alert. Spoiler it alert. It used to, and obviously, uh, I, I don't know if you did, Mark, but I know Charles watched my Oasis rank on YouTube. So I watch
0: all your shit. I'm even going to watch that Lee Reed shit.
1: So. You should. It's good. It's great. You should. you should watch it. You should especially watch the second one when I talk about me- metal machine music. Um, anyway, so, the on, that, <laughs> yeah. on, on the rank the rama I said, I agree to Charles, I said this was my least favorite. I have changed my opinion Ooh. this afternoon, so some excitement here. Yeah, I've actually changed my opinion. It's now, uh, I would say uh, my second least favorite, but there's what, like what, how many what, six albums? How many albums they got? Let's see. Yeah, they have a lot. You come on, Charles. This, is, like, their, this is their final, this is their final
0: album. So Wait, how many albums they have before that.
1: I'll, I'll look at this on Wikipedia. I have
0: the freaking Wikipedia.
1: I don't album. have to look at that on Wikipedia. It's the seventh. Seventh, yeah, their seventh album. And I count the Master Plan. So really, this is the. So do I? Yeah. yeah. So so uh so this would be my seventh favorite Oasis album. Yeah. I, I like saying oh, it that, it's that it's way because I don't. I think it's a good album actually. So. Uh, I, I,
3: if it's seven out of seven what, what's confused. that you said seven right
0: well they say seven it's her seven
3: oh, it's, it's our final
1: oh, studio tech. album they count it as seven albums yeah
3: so is that yeah, correct yeah i counted master plan which ain't right yeah right? that's
1: the thing yeah you and me count master plan that's a great pitch isn't it tech, no it's a that's b-side comp hits. b-side compilation oh yes okay. I'm not an
0: Oasis Tard, so I don't Ooh. know this shit.
1: There is that no tarred. such thing as an Oasis Tard. We are quats.
0: Quats. Get it right, Mark. <laughs> well, I'm not an Oasis.
3: Before I fucking slap a taste at your mouth. I'm
0: just telling you guys, I'd rather listen to Kiss than Oasis. Well, I mean. I, I
3: like
0: Kiss too, but
1: Oasis, too. I prefer Oasis. Uh, but it depends on the era, though. You know, I don't know. Like, like you know, if it's if we're talking about like '70s Kiss, I don't know. I mean, there's kind of
0: rules. I,
1: uh, it's well, equal I, I, to
3: me. What's that, Charles? It's equal to me. But like when Whoa. you start talking like
1: "Hot in the Shade," yeah, crazy Night. They don't have oh. like they don't have bad periods, and that's the thing. Even in their solo careers, Liam and Noel have been fairly consistent. Like they just keep producing good music. Whereas you know, Kiss didn't do that in my opinion and right. so if, if we're talking about the overall you know discography oasis easily beats kiss in my opinion like if we were comparing the 70s kiss versus 90s oasis that's tough i'd probably still give oasis an edge but hmm. yeah but but they're close but they're like competitive but i will give oasis a
0: compliment here kiss won't write any new music but these guys Liam and Noel will make new albums of new music, which is fucking cool, even though I don't really care for them. But I give them credit for that, because they are still making new music, which Paul Stanley, the tank is empty.
1: Well, yeah, look at Guns N' Roses. You know, they're not really interested in making new music. music. (laughs) Yeah.
4: (laughs)
3: <laughs>
1: yeah, I know, but come on, Charles, you got to give it up to Oasis. We talked about this when you were on yes. our show talking about Guns N' Roses. You yeah. know, Guns N' Roses, Axel, Axel's not, like, done anything after Chinese democracy. And look, he spent 15 years to do that. Look at all the stuff Noel and Liam have done post-Oasis, you know? Exactly. they. Well,
3: I mean, yeah, 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 I hate to admit that. But, I mean,
1: Axel, it's a different business arrangement, okay? And yeah, th- there's no excuse. Axel could make music no. all the time if he wanted to. He's yeah, a rich could he, rock, could he? I agree. Well, th- that's the I thing. If I agree. Obviously, he can. not So that says something about him. I if, agree. I, when they said Axel DC, people were like, oh, we're disappointed that there wasn't going to be an Axel DC album. I had a feeling there wasn't going to be. You know why? It's like, because Axel Rose can't write lyrics, he doesn't want to write songs, he's not in the business of creating music anymore, people aren't paying attention, you know, what's he going to do, uh, he doesn't even, he, I don't think, he, yeah, he's a pro, he can go and sing live, that's what keeps him in mansions, he's an entertainer, like, you know, Wayne Newton in Vegas, like, you know, He's not an artist anymore that's the thing no. you need artists in the studio to write songs and stuff that's the thing he's, he's just not an artist anymore yeah, he but was
0: his, his guitarist can make new music so uh yeah, well, it's hey, not slash has, you gotta blame axel yes. for this
3: he has, he has all that alimony and fucking child support. but in the end i mean see we're talking about like i mean mark called taylor he's my buddy <laughs> that quantity over quality. He's not really into that shit. I'm into in like, a lot of quality, dude.
0: But yeah, you know, guns math, and math, I do math, like China, Chinese democracy. Sorry, shit. I'm doing lee here. Go ahead, Charlie. And then
3: it's like, yeah, man, I love like how Firehouse plays rib joints and shit. Short they rule. <laughs> and then on top of it. They haven't made new music is, either.
0: So, yeah.
3: Here's a direct correlation. I promise you this is true. And Eddie can back me up on this. While musically, they're not quite the same at all, I would say. There is a correlation between Guns N' Roses and Oasis, I guarantee yeah. it.
1: Well, definitely in England. I feel they are the Guns N' Roses of, of the UK. They, and they, they kept it up. That's the difference. Yeah. They and kept they it kept up. it up. That's the difference, yeah. But they represent something, especially to later subsequent generations they represent that uh that they were like the last great rock stars and they re- they represent something that's what i'm saying that's bigger yeah. than even the music and that's why liam can play stadiums in the uk in the in same the uk least. yeah yeah in the uk but you know okay. hey if you live if you're a fucking uk rock star that ain't chabby you know <laughs> you know it's well, like you know so,
0: so you know so uh, so does Alterbridge. they play stadiums in fucking uk
1: yeah, but that, that's, I'll say this. I always gave Bruce Dickinson credit for Maiden because he always owned up that they were an English band, a European band, and he was proud of it. And he's like, yeah, we play stadiums in Europe. You know, in America, we don't, but you know, that's fine. They we're in arenas, two
0: sold out yeah. nights. You
1: know, Yeah, but not, but they play stadiums in other countries. Well, and they, in did, England. they
0: did play the soccer stadium in LA when I saw them at the bank, the soccer stadium yeah. in America. So.
1: It's it's rare though they don't usually play stadiums and and the point I'm making Mark is just that he was fine with that he was acknowledging that they're you know different tastes like they they are a British band they always were very proud of that you know waving the British flag and during Trooper and all that stuff it's part of their identity and I always respected that and Oasis yeah there's something obviously hey Van Halen didn't really translate to Europe and England you know there's something kind of just a little too american about them you know there's some fans that have a quality that doesn't o- always translate some do some don't and oasis is a band that short of yeah they were you know had the, the hits in the 90s for the most part i kind of get why only maybe a few offbeat cats like me and charles and i don't want hip women like hip beautiful women in america do love oasis but even that's like like kind of a niche group uh, not too many americans are so down with them but in england though it's just like it's like liking guns and roses or you know any major actor or acdc or something like that because there is just something very english working class about oasis that they just fucking get with that they understand so yeah. and there's nothing yeah. wrong with that you know it's sure.
3: awesome it's a five-man band their debut album is both bands are considered their debut album. Not necessarily by me on one band, but on the other, yeah. But it, their debut albums are considered their best by most people, I would yeah, say. Yeah. Uh, they're best-selling. I mean, certainly the case with Appetite. Definitely maybe was knocked off by some bullshit like... I do love Definitely Maybe, which me me and Lenny did with Dr.
0: Fuck. I do love that album.
3: That's Definitely Maybe, which is is phenomenal. But this is kind of leading into how we found Oasis, so actually I'm curious about Eddie, but really, Mark, how did you find him? I'm curious.
0: I like that song fucking supersonic from Definitely Maybe. Yeah, I like that song. You're feeling supersonic, drinking gin and tonic. I was like, this this song is fucking amazing. But you know what? I saw Liam Solo open up for the Who. He was horrible. He sounded good, but he has no stage presence. <laughs> so, huh. so I was bored.
3: That's so, about all you get. Huh? That's about all you get. Is that
0: gonna, all you, have, you, you guys see this- Noel live? I heard he's lot better than his brother so they they i think they need each other
3: let me let me go into mine and then i'm curious about eddie because i have a feeling like eddie will have a more conventional no offense eddie i bet you do and i do but timeline is everything ralph posted that today right yeah. and it's true well in you 19- know mark dolly's
0: gonna say there you go net swinging around again think- what Mark Dallas says, go fucking look
3: up some Hagar.
0: Hey. <laughs> I had to bring that up. This is the deal.
3: In 1994, when Definitely Maybe would have been out, I was in the Army. I was just struggling along. I didn't listen to a lot of radio. I was just banging bitches, and that's it. Having a great time. <laughs> I'm so sure, I didn't pay so no good. mind to that shit, so I didn't hear any of the Definitely Maybe shit. Then that banging bitches caught up with me. Next thing I know, I got a wife and a child. God bless you, my my oldest baby. Um, and so I was deep, knee deep into, because when Kurt Cobain killed himself, I was already getting into Beatles. I just like turned my back on what was new at that point in my life. I went deep Beatles twat at that time. That's
0: awesome. And That's let awesome. me tell
3: you something. They're the worst. They're worse than Kissed twice, I promise you. Oh, I Beatles was...
0: fans? Yeah.
3: Oh, yeah. Rolling totally. Stones, too. Yeah. And uh, so I was mad deep in the Beatles. And what happened in 1995 with the Beatles? The anthology, right? Yeah. On ABC, yeah. You had the CDs come out. It was the perfect time to be Beatles fan because I think the only time it would have been cooler was like when Ed Sullivan showed. It was like the second coming of Beatlemania. Right, so I saw that shit, had no clue who these dudes were, and I bought Rolling Stone magazine. So I was only 21, so, you know, I'm still a twat that buys fucking Rolling Stone and thinks, oh, it's cut- it's cutting edge. But I bought it because the Beatles were on it, because of the anthology. And so I bought it just for that, and inside there was like an up-and-coming artist section. And there was a little band in there called Oasis. And I saw a picture of them and I was like, "Huh, oh, that looks interesting. And then I read about them and they were like, oh, they like the Beatles or some bullshit like that, whatever. And I was like, oh, that's neat. And then I think it was about a couple months later, my wife at the time was like, hey, there's this band and they have a video out and they say they're like the Beatles. And I was like, oh, okay. She was just trying to make conversations. She was into Mariah Carey and shit. God rest her soul. She See, can't I, help it. I
0: was in uh, the first Mariah Carey album. She was hot. All
3: right. But she was really into that stuff. She wasn't into what I was into, but she was just like trying to make common ground. And so she was like, yeah. I said, you know, I said who is it?" She said, Oasis. I said, okay. Right. Oh, all right. Yeah, I heard of them. And then I think it was a couple days later. And the video came on for Wonderwall. And she was like all excited, like, oh, there it is. And I heard him start singing, and I was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> Seriously, what in the fuck is this? And she was like, what? I said, this don't sound like a fucking Beatles. You didn't think Wonderwall sounded like Wonder the Beatles? Wonderwall
0: sounds like a Beatles fucking... Uh... Yeah, but, uh, me. Uh, well, uh,
1: you were in your deep Beatle twat stage. Right. Yeah,
0: that, exactly. That's, <laughs> that's, that's I've content. always been a Beatle twat, and I didn't. But I thought like they hardcore. sounded like the Beatles.
3: So, Dude, I yeah. was hardcore. I don't care yeah. what you pull out your ass at that time. I was like, well, they did it first. <laughs> uh, held her, Skelter. Look into that. Alright. Next. I mean, it was crazy. I didn't like Wonderwall at all when I heard it. And i I was totally dismissive but then as i recall don't look back in anger was the next release that's how i recall it and i saw the video and yeah the 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 imagine piano lick in the beginning which is a little bit different because remember i'm a No oasis twat so i will defend them slightly different if you really listen but it's basically the same and i was like oh i like this a little bit more you know, like oh, okay, because it was a different singer. I didn't even know these guys were brothers. I didn't know nothing about them, and I was like, okay, that's okay. And then I saw Champagne Supernova video, and I was like, oh, now that is way more like it.
0: That is a great song. Way,
3: way I more really like
0: give it. Give you that on that one.
3: However, was well, my favorite Oasis song of all time, and it's like well, mine is like, Supersonic, but that's one of like my a... favorite songs of all time. <clears throat> period but it did not make me run out and buy what's the story no 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 first oasis album i got was be here now
0: but but why did you have to buy it columbia houses back then i got it from columbia house
3: (laughs) I, i was too busy doing everything so i bought be here now because i loved you know what i mean and then i listened to it but i was still in that beatles fucking shit So I was like, yeah, it's cool, but I didn't, like, wear it out.
0: You should never say Beatles fucking shit. I'm just saying that.
3: And then, but then, I fucking, like, moved on. I was into Kiss again, Deep, and I forgot Oasis even existed. I thought they broke up. And then I fucking watched Behind the Music, which all they did, it was an Oasis episode. It was really just a highlight uh, Standing on the Shoulder of Giants, which is one of my favorite Oasis albums, by the way. But it still didn't make me run out and buy it. And then I was in Budapest, Hungary, chilling, kicking it, partying, having a great time. And they had the video for Stop Crying Your uh, Heart Out. And I was like, oh wow, Oasis is still together. Cool. I like the song. Might have Napstered it. I was not. <laughs>
1: That is totally a Napster, period, album. <laughs> and uh, But I
3: still didn't, like, lose my shit. I was just like, oh, okay, cool. And then, fucking after that, I, I don't know how, I just, I was in a Goodwill, a totally Lee Gerstman story here. So I only had Be Here Now, ever. That's it. So what made
1: you become an Oasis twat? What's the moment okay. that that happened?
3: Let me clarify where we where we go for this. Yeah. So I was at a Goodwill. I don't know what the hell I was looking for at a Goodwill. And they didn't have what I was looking for. But when I was leaving, they had like a little CD collection right there by the fucking register. And it was, what's the story of Morning Glory? Okay. And I got it for like a dollar. You want to talk about the best dollar I ever fucking spent?
1: <laughs> I got that for free from Columbia House
0: by making the I fake it, names. I so, it I,
1: I beat you. There. And was I, this the original 90s CD, not the remaster?
3: No, the original. I put the CD oh. in and I lost my shit. And I was like, wow, what the fuck was I fucking thinking? And then from there it was over. I got this album. This was actually the third Oasis album I ever got. And I started getting whatever and then that was it but what to answer Eddie when he's like well, what kept you kind of interested honestly it wasn't even really the music it is Liam and Noel Gallagher and their fucking attitude and the way they talk and the, just it always kept me intrigued always I was like there's no way these dudes believe in what they're saying <laughs> Like, we are the greatest band in the world. Yeah. I mean, actually, at that time, they might have been. That's why I marked Alden Taylor. I get so mad when you push, like, man's like live. <laughs> Bush. Bush.
0: When did I have I
1: pushed Bush? They're horrible. <laughs> They're horrible. I've never done a review of Bush. Mark nice. has never pushed Bush in his life. Never. He has I like I like to, like, fucking lick Bush, but I,
4: <laughs> I
0: like some Bush songs. I'm not nice. a huge Bush nut swinger, but I...
3: <laughs> go on, Charles. 90s music to me died when Kurt Cobain blew his head off, because I believe he did that to himself. I don't believe in the conspiracies.
1: I agree, Staley, I, I agree with you, Charles. I agree. And Lane Staley...
3: Fucking died sadly by himself on that couch. Yep. I mean, I, I mean, I love Pearl Jam, but they took on Ticketmaster, and then just became whatever they became, like Fish Part Two or whatever. But oh, I did fuck love them. No.
1: the first couple records. Fish I did, sucks.
3: They kind of fell off. Well, they're,
1: they're like a touring. Hey, let's stay consistent, stay on Oasis. This oh, is the yeah. post Darren Dersman free form. Come on, guys. I, I know.
3: <laughs> in the 90s, what, you had like Hootie and the Mac Bombs. I call him Hootie and the Mac Bombs. Hootie oh, and the fucking. God. Movies. You could tell
0: why Garius Rucker went country. That shit sucked. Right. But go ahead. You
3: had fucking uh, Smash Mouth and all this fucking garbage the Smash Mouth was, it was horrible. horrible. Yeah. All that shit was terrible. This is the best band of the '90s. Sugar Ray, Pete. Best Sugar band Ray. of the
0: '90s. I, I, I will say they that was are the
3: best band of the '90s. They compete against bands from the '70s, '60s, '80s, all of them. Can I say
0: is- Pantera was the best band of the '90s?
3: In metal, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But this is the best band of the '90s, Doctor Fuck will back me up and if you want to get him on the line. He will back me up. This is the best band of the '90s, and I feel bad. That I was so deeply involved in Beatle twat thing, and I was looking down on everything. And I like Wonderwall now. Don't love it, but I like it a lot. It's not their best song to me. But hey, whatever. If you like it, I love it. But this is the best band the fucking 90s. <laughs> and if you talk to me about live or goddamn what else, I don't even know what else. Man, it was a shit, uh, Matchbox 20. Holy shit. Can
0: I, can I say, I do like Matchbox 20, do I do like Live, but I will right. not say they're, they are the best band of the 90s.
3: The dude had a Farmer 10 in the fucking I Alone video.
0: You know what, what the the the, the, you know what the worst band of the 90s was? No. <laughs> it's fucking that fucking band. I can't remember. Go ahead, Charles. I'm fucked up. What
3: band? The band? I mean, there's too many, but Oasis was the best and let me tell you something i mean i am an anglophile by nature i believe england produced the best rock bands overall we have a few and from the states i think we created more great solo artists in the states overall when you look at the totality you got elvis american solo artist you got michael jackson solo artist. aerosmith yeah but again balance it against the Who, The Beatles, The Stones, um, even Jimi Hendrix, oh
1: Jimi Hendrix God. experience. Jimi mm-hmm. Hendrix,
0: Stevie Ray Vaughan, Aerosmith, there's a lot yeah, of but, great but,
3: American but, bands.
1: But, but, but the Jimi Hendrix experience wasn't actually English fans. Jimmy had to go over to the UK to but make it. going because
3: on. In the way the US
1: was. Van yeah. Halen? Yeah, obviously you can. Charles is Mark. He's not saying that there aren't great American bands. He's just right. saying, and actually, it's an interesting point, Charles, because I kind of agree with you uh, that there are are better solo artists from America overall. But if we're talking about bands, rock bands, there's no question that the UK fucking dominates the second half of the twentieth century. I mean, for both rock and metal, there's but no. Black Who inspired the UK to make that music? Oh, yeah. Of course it was American rock and roll. But the UK English guys then perfected it. They took that shit to another level. I kind of agree with you. The whole... There's the British Invasion. All those British Invasion bands. And then you got the new wave of British heavy metal in the 80s. And, you know, it's... There's no... And then, finally, you had that last wave of Britpop. What they call Britpop. Which Oasis is part of. So... Yeah, I mean, obviously, overall, and then you even got New Wave, you got punk rock. There's so much coming out of England in the late 20th century that I, some cultures are good at certain things. For whatever reason, the Brits are just good at fucking, you know, guys with guitars and, you know, snotty vocalists and writing catchy tunes. It's a thing that British dudes are good at, you know. And so I totally agree with Charles. Mark, you
3: love you too. They're from Ireland. No, they're not from Northern Ireland. They're from Ireland, which is part of that fucking area. Yeah. And in the end. I mean, it's not about saying they're so well, much my better. My
0: favorite bands are from Canada. So,
3: well, that well, I mean, they're part of the. They're part of actually the UK too. But uh, in the end, Russian triumph. No, no. I mean, they actually answer to the to king right now. <laughs> they do. We're part of, they're still part of the Britain. We're not. We kicked their ass. Remember that? I mean, I'm proud of who we are, but when it comes to rock and roll bands, I just think they have a huge advantage over us. That's all, and I gravitate to that style because they so, took they took the blues and made it metal. Okay, well, yeah. so so Paul Stanley, and I know it's fashionable to bash on Paul Stanley, but he agrees with me. Yeah, you love that
1: British rock and roll stuff. Right.
3: But. Because it fucking rules, and these dudes right here, I I gravitated to their fucking attitude. So, we're like when you say Liam Gallagher, oh, he was boring. It's the way he stands.
1: <laughs>
4: <laughs>
1: no one stands like Liam. <laughs> it's his fucking attitude.
0: What he attitude? Is, he didn't have an attitude on oh, his at all.
3: You don't know attitude. That's that's your problem. You think Sammy Hagar is a great frontman? No.
1: Gallagher is. Fuck off. Is you fans. Know, there were a lot of times, like, sometimes he would do, like, some theatrics, Jim Morrison, like, sometimes he'd, you know, fall on the ground and have a rant and stuff like that. But generally speaking, Jim's thing was just standing there, kind of stoically, being... The coolest motherfucker in the world. But, <laughs> like, but can and I... Liam Gallagher d- kind of does that? Like it just emanates a vibe. Like if you ever watch like the Hollywood Bowl performance, most of it's just Jim just standing there cradling the microphone. But there's a fucking presence. That's the thing, you know. Right. It's a presence. But I,
0: can I add on to that? one of the most, most got one of the most greatest frontman that nobody ever talks about that this guy would get the audience fucking screaming and moving, and he wouldn't do, he would just do slow motions on stage, put his arms up, put his arms out to the audience. It was fucking
1: Tom Petty. Well, yeah, you brought that up. So there, you, you just liked his vibe. You know, yeah. that's the thing. Not, there's different, hey, don't get me wrong, there's like two sides of the spectrum. In a lot of ways, I feel like Liam Gallagher is on one side, and then you got like, in his prime, David Lee Roth on the other side. David Lee Roth, in his prime, in the 80s, he did splits in the air, he ran around, he he did everything. You couldn't, like, not watch that guy for a split second or you feel like you would miss something, you know? He was the ultimate entertainer in that way. But then you have the guy on the other side of the spectrum, who's Liam Gallagher, who famously just stands there with the, you know, the mic, you know, his head tilted back, you know, to the microphone. It's a specific way he sings that gets his sound, and with his arms crossed, you know, behind his back, and yet there's something mesmerizing about him, too, just in a different way. It's like two extreme sides, but to me, they both are very rock and roll, just in different ways. I'm just saying
0: that Tom Petty's stage rap, like, not like Paul Stanley, because he was disingenuous with his stage raps, but, uh, (laughs) Tom Petty would just sit there and just slowly move his arms out to the crowd. He wouldn't have to say anything, and it would just fucking go ballistic. Okay. I've never seen anybody control an audience. Like him or Bruce Springsteen cannot say anything, but they could get the crowd moving just with arm movements. I've never Yeah, but seen Leo,
1: if Liam Gallagher did say any little thing the uh, people would lose their shit. <laughs> That's well I haven't mean, seen that. I've seen both of those people live. So But yeah, you but you saw him also you saw Liam Gallagher with a bunch of fucking Yanks. <laughs> you know, I you saw, saw Durandre Duran Duran
0: with a bunch festival. of Yanks at the same place and they were yeah. moving. So Yeah
1: but no, yeah but I'm just saying if you were in like a British festival and Liam Gallagher was up there on the stage, believe me, every fucking Brit in the audience shit. Yeah, it's totally mesmerized by the guy. Yeah, he don't have to. He doesn't
3: have to do all that because it's his aura. Yeah, he has an aura. And even Noel, who's the chief, by the way, for you non Oasis people, he's the chief. He's the architect. He said that Liam's Liam's a fucking rock star. Absolutely,
0: I will agree with you. He is a rock star, but. I've never seen anybody control a crowd as much as Tom Petty.
3: Because you've only seen Tom Petty and Tom
0: I've Petty. Seen in America. Liam, I've seen Liam. So I can't uh, say I, I've yeah, seen but, Liam.
1: Yeah, but it's all it all depends on like where you see them too. Like Tom Petty, maybe in England, not as much as in America. Like, you know, that's the thing. And Tom Petty's a very American centric artist, you know. He sang fucking American girl. You know, so yeah, he's gonna control that crowd. And there's nothing Yeah. You know, well, he's an anglophile too. He did the Travelling Wilburys. Oh, he loves all the. Jazz. Hey, I'm sure Tom Petty loved Oasis. Of it's he loves Oh, yeah. he did. He
3: loves good rock and roll. But here's a good, good key point. Uh, Mark likes to point out to me. Hey, if Oasis has got the back together. They play like theaters. <laughs> well, I do know on the Don't Believe the Truth tour, which is documented on a great documentary <laughs> called. Uh, Lord, Don't Slow Me Down, highly advise Anybody watch it? If you like music with guitar, bass, drums, and you have balls, you should watch that. <laughs> and they played Madison Square Garden. I
1: mean, I don't, this is 05. Uh, the, the, listen, Oasis, if they got bit. back together, would headline arenas in America. They would. Right. Not stadiums, but they would headline arenas well, easily.
0: The Black Crows did, too, so... They played yeah, Smash Smashing
1: Pumpkins are headlining arenas in America. They, so. I mean, their music sucks now. Yeah, and, and, and they haven't put out a good album in 20 years, so... Yeah, if, I agree. If, if Smashing Pumpkins can do it, Oasis can definitely fucking do it. They, they played Hollywood Bowl,
3: Mark. I mean, you know, just a little shitty venue there in L.A. The Hollywood
1: Bowl is not a
0: shitty actually, venue.
1: Actually, it's not a shitty. I, that's one of the best venues. No, it, it, it is a good venue. But listen, that's I where I saw think, Liam with the. Hoop. I think in certain markets they could do a stadium in America. LA is one of them. I think they could actually play uh, the or, Rose. Well, I think they could because KROQ could
0: because yeah, K Rock in LA, dude. They it, they push that band.
1: And a lot of people in the film business love Oasis. There's a lot of nostalgia for the 90s in Oasis. I think they could actually fill the Holly, uh, the, the Rose Bowl. I think they oh, could. Well, I,
0: I, I agree with that, but I'm saying a whole stadium tour? I don't no, know not no, not I across America. Not across America.
1: Certain markets, but across America, they would headline arenas with maybe New York and L.A. They could play a stadium.
3: Yeah, I didn't say that, but, you know, you're like – you like to point out to me, they're only big in England, no, they sell our shit in Well,
0: so, so is a lot of my favorite bands, yeah. dude. That's not, right. a, that's not a shit down. That's not a fucking... They fuck sell
3: shit in Europe, they sell at Argentina. Yeah, it they doesn't
1: matter. One of my favorite bands is the Melvins. They play clubs. They play little clubs. Right. You know, it doesn't matter. You know, it's, you know, a great wow. band is a great band. I'm seeing
0: Ace <laughs> tonight at a club, so... There you, there go. you go. And Ace is better than Kiss. Holy so fuck, there yeah. You know.
3: <laughs> that's Great. <laughs> Totally. There but will I, be I mean, videos
0: uh, up on our YouTube it, channel,
3: so check it out. Let's get with mind. Eddie and let's figure out how he. I know he probably jumped on board all right immediately because no, no, I well, I got it. Love Eddie. Yeah, I know, but you're wrong, wrong. Actually, alternative of no, you're, army. Yeah. yeah, got me beat on that. You know, so. Eddie
0: is more alternative than I am, and I thought I was a big He's alternative fan. Hey,
1: man. Yeah, I'm more alternative yeah. rock than almost everyone in the RMCP. The but you are Eddie. I give you yeah. that, man. But the, before I turn over to Eddie, yeah. I don't know if
3: Oasis is that alternative to me. I, right? I
1: don't. They're only alternative because they're British to Americans. If you know what I mean.
3: Right.
1: Yeah. They uh, yeah. They're they're pretty much a straightforward fucking rock and back to basics rock and roll band in a lot of ways, but. It's just the climate, because because what was suddenly, what, and what you call alternative, that's the thing, was mainstream rock music in the mid-90s, you know? Nirvana was as mainstream as you can get. They were the biggest band, you know, in the mid-90s. That was mainstream music. So, in a way, Oasis was an alternative to them, you know, to grunge, because they were different, you know? There was a different flavor and mood. So, but, uh, but when I say turn rock, I, I simply mean especially with the RMCP army, because so many people that are part of it are part of like they're into more just seventies and eighties rock and metal for the most part. So when discussing like that next wave of music, you know, in the nineties, it's I feel like you gotta label it something. So I'll just say fine, just fucking call it alternative rock, you know. But essentially it's nineties hard rock, you know, that's what I'd call it. Uh, the I didn't get into them, actually, Charles, with uh, definitely, maybe. I was aware. I saw Supersonic on 120 Minutes. And I was kind of, like, the way you were with Wonderwall, I was with Supersonic. Now I love it. It's a fucking I great song. Oh, I love Supersonic. I love it now. But oh, I, I love it even, now, too. I agree. I, I didn't love it then, though. I got to tell you, I watched 120 Minutes, and Liam's voice kind of annoyed me like the first time, I, the That's first time I, heard it. I yeah the first time i heard it i thought he sounded a little like i don't know he had a, like kind of a johnny rotten-esque whine to him yeah, why exactly he, yeah he's just kind of whiny and i could hear it was like kind of a cool riff and song but i just i didn't get into his voice and i just didn't get connect with the vibe at that time i was like very into a lot of the seattle rock stuff and i was like into sonic youth and a lot of things like that so i don't know i just it, i didn't connect with it yeah sonic and,
0: youth rules we needed a review
1: of one of their albums it, I
4: definitely yeah, will, let me will, go i am yeah. i just yeah. that
1: album uh did not actually blow up in america it had one hit live forever yeah. Live yeah. Forever crossed over, but it was not the sensation that it was in the UK. Uh, that was the second album was the big hit in America and around the world. Five uh, one, by the way. I think better in Definitely Maybe. I love Definitely Maybe, but I like What's the Story better. But What's the Story uh, is what really broke them around the world. But in the UK, of course, Definitely Maybe was huge. But here, it was just a cult album with one hit. And when Live Forever broke... I didn't really like that song either, and I didn't really like Liam's voice. I've grown to like that song. It's not one of my favorite Oasis songs, but I've grown to like it. But I didn't like it then either, so I just was like, eh, not so into Oasis. Unlike, though, this is where we differ, Charles. It was when I saw the video for Wonderwall, like a year or so later, when that came out. I was watching MTV, Wonderwall came on, and it blew me away. It was just, a, I was very moved by that song. Maybe it's the time and place, where it was. Uh, a lot of that Seattle stuff was fading out. I was probably listening. actually thinking about my musical taste at the time. I was getting into a lot of hip-hop then and kind of moving away from a lot of hard rock and metal at that period. But for whatever reason, it was the age I was or whatever, the mood I was getting... I just really connected that song, and I thought it was really beautiful, and suddenly I kind of heard, I kind of heard the John Lennon side of his wine as appealing, you know, uh, in, in the way Liam was singing. I kind of hear that it was more, it's Lennon-esque, and I was like, okay, okay, I can get this, and I ran out and got that album. I bought that apple immediately, and I loved it. I was blown away, kind of like you were, you know, 10 years later, you know, at the thrift shop. You know, I was blown away then and there. But, and then I went back and got definitely maybe, and suddenly stuff like Supersonic, like suddenly Liam's voice didn't bother me. It clicked, and I loved it. And there were periods where I thought I liked that better, and what's the more, uh, what's the story of Morning Glory? But not anymore. I, I go with that. Although, as you know, uh, Be Here Now is my favorite one. Okay. But... Uh, I, they did kind of like you, like a lot of Americans after beer Now, they kind of fell off the radar for me a little bit, actually even longer than you. It wasn't until, well, kind of like you, it is kind of the, the Gallagher brothers were kind of the thing that kept me kind of interested in, in Oasis. Like, I went back because they, a lot of people would post their clips, like on YouTube, you know, of funny things they've said, especially Liam. And then it was uh it was probably because my ex-wife uh, she's australian and a lot of aussies you know they're part of the commonwealth so they're into a lot of british stuff she herself's not a huge oasis fan but we had a conversation one night and she was this was early in our relationship so this was about maybe nine ten years ago she was like you probably like oasis right you seem like an oasis kind of guy <laughs> and I like the idea. Like, I thought, oh, well, that sounds cool. That means I must be like a cool, awesome, kind of masculine, kind of rough-around-the-edges bloke that likes a drink or something. (laughs) It's like I already immediately knew that meant something. So so, And I went back to thinking about Oasis again. And I hadn't listened to them in years. And I was like, yeah, they're, they're really good. I like their songs. Wonderwall, that's a great song. So I went back and I listened. And then Be Here Now, I got, like, totally obsessed with. I just I was in a period where I loved cocaine albums, you know? <laughs> yeah, like Fleetwood Max Tusk, oh, I David love that Bowie album. Station to Station, oh, love that album. Black Sabbath, i for Fuck every yeah. every Aerosmith album from the seventies. Yeah. Like I was just getting into albums that were fueled by cocaine, and like Be Here Now is one of the great fucking cocaine albums, and I was like, yeah, this is fucking. Awesome. So I was getting into it and suddenly I liked being the the kind of ne'er do well thorn in my uh wife's side and suddenly I I decided maybe this is partially why she's an ex. But I was like, hey, yeah, I'm gonna become an Oasis guy again. (laughs) So I that's when I went back and got all the later albums that I never had gotten. (laughs) And and I got into them and then before you know it, I I didn't have the master plan back in the day. And I got the master plan. It was like, "Whoa. Oh my god. How amazing is this shit?" So I got into that. So like, I guess you could say I was a casual fan in the 90s. And then it, like about 10 years, 9 or 10 years ago, I became, that's when I became an Oasis twat. So I'm kind of late to Oasis twatism. But yeah. once I got in, I got in big time. And uh, now, easily, they're one of my favorite bands. They would definitely break up my top 20. That Again, that's, that's why Charles is on a different level, because they're definitely a, a top five band for him. <laughs> uh, but they'd be a top five 90s band if we were just isolating bands that, you know, broke in the 90s. But if we're talking overall, they're, they're more like top 20 for me. But, but... They're the type of band that when you're listening to, they're the top one. <laughs> like, when I'm listening to Oasis, they're number one. They're that kind of band. Like, they eclipse everything out else while you're listening to them. And I do love them. They're definitely one of my favorite bands. They're awesome. So the I say. Yeah, it's a way of life. And yeah. to me, it's like, you
3: get it or you don't get it. And when you don't get it, you sit around and you debate about wing or <laughs>
1: there's a thing, it's a little like, I, I would say, like, I don't know, almost like James Bond movies, like, even a bad James Bond movie, it's still a James Bond movie, like the Man with the Golden Gun or something like that, or, you know, it's still, it's still James Bond in a tuxedo, fucking some bitches, shooting some people, and, you know, like, there's still... Yeah. Yeah, Oasis is kind of like that. Like, no matter—that's why I say they don't have a bad song because it's always an Oasis song. As long as it always has that kind of vibe and sound, yeah, there's something appealing, you know, to the band to me. Right. That 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 they just always sound cool, you know. It's just rock and roll,
3: man. Yeah. And, and and again, it's just the attitude and the swagger of those two brothers. Yeah. Awesome. And, that's the
1: th- and then, you know, on top of it, it was the, in addition to getting into Oasis at that point, this was post-BDI, and, you know, when As You Were dropped, Oasis's first solo album, you know, a couple years, after, it was like perfect timing, because it was just a couple years after I became an Oasis swap. and I liked yeah. the Noel stuff, and it grew on me, especially that uh, first album. But Ooh, it, yeah. but,
3: no but guy, by the way. So but
1: but but when Liam dropped as you were, woo! That's when my that's fandom what wa- that my fandom went to another level. And Liam like kind of re- he reinstated himself as a rock star. Like yeah, I'm the biggest and baddest most awesome rock star on the planet fucking Axel rose can't touch liam gallagher these days in my opinion for cool awesomeness and actually producing great music he's done three great solo albums in a row and so and, and he started doing interviews and you know he's on youtube again and he's just a such a fucking charismatic entertaining guy that that Kept, you know, Noel gave him credit for this too. You'll know Charles, uh, like in the past couple of years, he's like Liam's doing a great job of keeping the Oasis legacy alive, and that's and that's why he's filling stadiums, you know, in the UK because it's he. I mean, on one hand, his solo stuff is solid. He's doing it just also because his albums are really strong, but on top of that, he's he's an extension more so than Noel is. He's an extension of Oasis. He's keeping it going. It's kind of like. With new o- Liam Gallagher albums, we're getting like new o- new Oasis albums in a way. So like he's keeping it going, he's keeping it fresh, he's keeping uh, the band relevant because he's still relevant in my opinion. So that was also a factor. I can't say I'd be as strong in Oasis now if Liam wasn't doing what he was doing. But he's doing it, and it's like it's like yeah, it's like he's keep he's keeping them in. He's keeping them being the most awesome band in, in the world, you know.
3: I I agree, and uh, let me tell you something, Noel's new song is no slouch either, The Chief. But see, that's where we'll, we'll have a little bit of fun on this one, because I'm more of a Noel dude, but I do admire Liam and his rock star fucking ways, he's the last rock star, he's not in Bang Tango, Ian Wadley, <laughs> and so, let well, that's Tim Breen, come on. And Tim Breen, I and mean, he's not fucking Mike Tramp or whoever they'll.
4: Oh, whatever Hey, oh, white
3: man was Green. a new extreme for some reason but whatever let's get into this review buddy
0: let's get yeah. into this review but what i'm Woo! gonna say is i let you two talk because you are a total oasis oh swingers yeah, like I- like I- leah said i'm a great like mc <laughs> 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 so i let the people who know about this shit talk but yeah, uh, but I before we to- get into this uh tell us about this album charles
3: well, it was released in 2008, I believe. I know I bought it. This was actually the uh, second new Oasis album I bought. I was in Iraq. Beautiful country. Wonderful place where people died. And uh, oh, on the service of the U.S. military. And uh, it was cool. I, I got it, and I was like... Yay, it was produced by Dave Sardi, who also produced Don't, uh, don't Believe don't the believe That's correct. And he pr- produced the first Noel Gallagher solo album, High Flying Birds. Uh, what else did he do, Eddie? He did some other groups, I believe. He did something else, Dave Stardy. I I don't know. I'm winging it, Mark. I didn't expect to do all the wiki facts here. Well,
0: I'm letting you do it because you're the Oasis I'm going
3: to take a guess. I think Mark might have picked this album because he had told me about a Mary McCartney documentary about Abbey Road Studios, and Noel Gallagher was in the documentary, which I haven't seen yet, but uh, this is the only album they ever recorded in its entirety at Abbey Road Studios. I mastered in LA. I'm not sure what studio they mastered it at, but uh, because they did do part of Be Here Now or attempted to, but because they did so much cocaine, as Eddie pointed yeah. out, and were <laughs> yeah. too fucking loud. They were too loud. <laughs> Somebody was doing a film score or some shit in the next studio, and so you got to turn that shit down. And then the Mad Frick boys were like, fuck you, and then they kicked them out of there. So they went to Wales and did Be Here Now. So this was the only album they actually did record in its entirety at Abbey Road Studios, which, as much as Liam is a Beatles nutswinger, like myself, my number one band ever. Well, they're trying uh, to brush. Yeah. I think think this might have meant slightly a little more to Noel. Because I do think Noel has a little more sensibility to it. Well,
1: you mean as a, like, songwriter and, like, the recording process and stuff
3: like that? kind of as a dude. I mean, I think he's a little more... He knows, like, he's got himself under control a little bit more. And Liam... Well, if you watch the great documentary, Supersonic... Yeah. uh, Noel says, Liam's a dog and I'm a cat. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I'm a bit of a bastard. And then Liam's like, ah, look at me, this and that. Noah's a little more back. And he's kind of in control of himself a little bit more. So knowing how he was, I bet it was like he was like, Yep, check the block. We did Abbey Road. We recorded there. Just knowing him. I I mean this I don't know him personally, obviously. It would be great if I did. But it's just, I don't know, but the way they act, I'm thinking he was probably more like, yeah, uh-huh. He had recorded some shit at Abbey Road. He did the Smoking Mojo Filters with Paul Weller and Paul McCartney. And they did a, a cover of Come Together. So it wasn't like he had never been there before, but to complete the album, I bet, was a check-the-block thing. And that's pretty much about all I know about this record, unless right. somebody else wants to add as far as history.
1: I have no. no well, Go ahead, Edwin Eddie. Well, you say. Well, you know the the drummer is Zach Starkey. Yep. And, I, yeah. Yeah. So that it probably meant something to him too. I, obviously, he had been in that studio before. I'm sure. But you know, recording an album, but, you know, in the studio where his father, you know made all his most famous albums and, and with this band that's like carrying on the legacy in some ways, you know, I'm sure it meant something to him as well. Like it must've been very cool and fulfilling. And, you know, think about that too. Noel and Liam, they're there. They're, they're playing, they're in Abbey road with Ringo's son, you know, making an album. So, right. Yeah. And
3: he- Eddie, Eddie, have you ever really, truly heard or Liam say anything bad about the Beatles?
1: Oh no, Liam! Like I said, I, I actually would say I agree. I agree that Noel probably he's like more of a thoughtful person, so he probably thought more about it. But at the same time, I'm sure it was still even in it if it was in his more visceral geezer kind of way. I'm sure Lee's, Liam was still probably thought it was really awesome that it was fucking that they were in fucking Abbey Road because he's always talking about, especially John Lennon. And I'm going to talk about this too when we get to a certain song that Liam wrote. <laughs> um, on this album. But he, he Lee, John Lennon in particular, whereas I think Noel's a straight down the middle kind of Lennon-McCartney guy. And, and about, uh, I, Liam's definitely a Lennon guy. You can hear yeah. it in his singing, his songwriting approach. Not that he like dislikes Paul McCartney, I don't know. But he's definitely a Lennon guy. And I actually hear a lot of early 70s solo Lennon influence in Liam as well. Whereas, again, Noel's kind of a straight-down-the-middle, mid-'60s Beatles guy. Like, that's kind of another subtle difference between the two of them and their Beatle fandom. Like, Noel's like Revolver-era Beatles, Lennon-McCartney, straight down the middle. Whereas Liam sounds more like White Album to Imagine or Mind Games, like John Lennon like that so subtle difference but you know i think charles will know what i'm Balls talking about yeah Balls and, and bridges, yeah and, and so right. i think what's
3: stuff. that yeah even yeah, the solo so, stuff walls and bridges
1: uh yeah 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 you could definitely hear i hear more solo lennon and liam whereas noel just sounds like the beatles if you know what i mean and right. and so, but either way, I'm sure Liam thought it was really fucking awesome to be in Abbey Road. and But also knowing Liam, he's like, yeah, it's about fucking time. <laughs> it's like, this is where we should be. <laughs> right. Yeah. I just, I, I mean, a,
3: a big hit that a lot of people give this band is, they think they're better than the Beatles. I never, never heard them said say that. It
1: they that's, never said that that's a, thing. that's a that's a that's taken out of context he all they have ever said that they were the best band at the time and they've even clarified to saying, yeah we're the best band now because the beatles aren't around yeah. <laughs> you know but if you know if it, if we dropped them in the 60s they would have said something different but ne- but in the 90s they were, they were like no nah, we're the fucking best band in the 90s that's what they said
0: they oh, never said than the
1: beatles I'm just gonna They're say like it, a...
0: it's cool that Let Lee yeah. Lee isn't interrupting any of you guys. I'm letting you guys talk.
1: Okay, so you had to interrupt us to, to say that. Yeah, I had to. Yeah. If you were there, you're, you're, you're
0: I, still... I I have to get an interruption in here once in a while. You still, still
1: deal it's dealing with the breakup. I understand. Yeah. You, you really want to talk well. about it a little more? Why I miss you're that right. guy, right. you know, I texted him I texted him and he hasn't texted me <laughs> back. <laughs>
3: I think he hates me. <laughs> 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 but Mark, that's what I'm trying to tell you, man. Even if you don't care for their attitude, shit, they're they're like us, man. They're fucking Beatles fans. Cool they love it, me.
1: and actually, not the Beatles, the Stone Rose Roses, oh, the, really? the, the, the Smiths, huge Smith fans. Oh, I love uh, the Smiths, dude. There you go. Well, so did uh, Noel and Liam. You know, yeah. the, the, and they yeah, they man. always talked to uh, uh, the early Bee Gees. Very into oh, the Bee Gees. Yeah, you know what, Mark? Have you actually listened to? Yes, uh, I don't Beatles. like it. Lee has giving me that's stuff. so weird because considering that you like fan like they're well, so similar to I the Beatles. love harmonies. <laughs> I just don't; they're yeah. too high for me. Harmonies? What, what are you talking about? Barry wasn't that high in the '60s. Oh. That didn't start maybe I, I need to go back and were...
0: listen to the Bee Gees. Yeah, oh, yeah I don't. Yeah, think he's but he's like he's I can't good stand
1: enough. anything after they went staying alive it's like yeah oh my well God. i mean I, I like all their yeah. stuff but i can understand that but you know what there's a period from the late 60s to early 70s i feel like you haven't really listened to that much probably so, not i agree yeah. i'll hit i'll know your taste i think you would like a lot of it i'll hit you to some i of love
0: stuff. harmonies man <laughs> yes yeah, but,
1: but did the, you listen to the song that i recommended i don't think i did <laughs> Well, that, well, you'll listen to
0: it when you play the episode. I will <laughs> listen to it when I play the episode. I always do with Lee when he gives
1: me some... Right, what go is bring it, Bee Gees? Lemons, it?
0: lemons never forget, right? Yeah. And, um, horizontal.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <they're laughs> horizontal. <laughs> we'll talk about that no, at the we'll end of the episode. Yeah, we will. But let's and get into this...
3: Gallagher, Bee Gees. so there you yeah. go. Let's yeah, Noah was a huge fan.
0: Let's get into this episode, man. We start off with the first track. Bag it up. Edwin, what do you, Eddie, what do you think of this song?
1: Awesome song. Uh, I want to say one thing overall about this album before getting into this track because it's an issue I have with this album. Me and Charles were talking about this earlier today on messenger. It is brick walled like fucking shit. <laughs> I bring hate... that yeah, I'll bring it up later. I'll bring it up now because it hits you right out of the gate. Fag it up. It's like damn and you know what? It's really unfortunate and I feel like I've been hard on this album for years I've been like Charles saying it was my least favorite. And I think a lot of that is because of the mastering. It's kind of like Death magnetic with Metallica. It's just, exactly It's so fucking loud. There's no that it's just one big sound. And to a degree Oasis were always like that even before the Loudness War. This is something else me and Charles talked about. But I I mean to a degree they kind of have this wall of sound. That's kind of their sound from the 90s. But but Post Be Here Now, like, you know, and that, like, let's just say, no album should be louder than Be Here Now, all right? Or the Iggy Pop mastered version of Wallpower. Those are the two loudest albums I've ever heard that still sound good because it's, like, intentional. But then we get to this very hyper-compressed sound of albums in the in the 2000s. Actually, I didn't think Don't, don't Believe the Truth didn't sound as brick-walled as that. And I think I'd like that album a little bit better than this album just because it wasn't as harsh on my ears. But listening to these two albums back-to-back, I was also listening to that one today, that's now, now I would say Don't Believe the Truth is my least favorite. I think, oh. yeah, I that's my least favorite now. I still like it. That's the thing, Charles. I yeah. like every Oasis album. So I still think it's a good album. There's some great songs on it. But I think song by, song for song... I think this is a stronger album. I think it's more hard-rocking. I think it's a little catchier. I think both no- Noel and Liam are bringing some great songs. I just think I've been hard on this because of how brick-walled the production is. And I, it really needs a remaster. That's I hope... Chuck, Charles sent me this uh, link to someone that remastered one of the songs on this album, and it just sounded so much better. And it's just like, man, just remaster this fucking album. But so... Out of the gate, yeah, it's brick-walled. It's kind of harsh on the ear and, and kind of ugly-sounding, this album, like a lot of stuff in the 2000s, especially hard rock and heavy metal. Brick-walled the fucking shit during this period. But get past that. Get past the mastering, you know? And that's a mastering issue, not the mix, actually. Two different things. If you listen to the song, this is just a good fuck. It's a foot stomper. No Gallagher wrote it. Liam's singing it, so it's a good, a good, it's a pub song, it's like a pub hard rock song, a good foot stomper, it's definitely not one of the strongest Oasis song openings, actually probably the weakest openings of any of their albums, but it's straight up, and knowing that this is going to be their last album, I could kind of appreciate like that it's beginning with just a straight up kind of pub rock song, it's a foot stomper, it's cool, It's fucking rock and roll. Half the song is fucking attitude. And that's what it's about. You know, you got the guitar chords, got Liam just spitting out the fucking lyrics. And it's just got swagger and attitude. It's a let's get the party started song. And I love it. I think it's great. Bag it up. That's what I got. Bag it up is the song I picked. But I wanted you you
0: to go first. So uh, let's uh, play Bag It Up on a freeform rock podcast.
2: Silver and sunshine Is rising up
0: Charles, I'm gonna let you go up, go last on Bag It Up since I picked it. I wanted Edwin to go, Eddie to go first on this. This song rules so much Beatles on this song. I had to make sure I was still listening to Oasis. This song is a masterpiece, copy of the Beatles, and I fucking love it. What do you think about it, Charles?
3: Well, I think it's an interesting opener. Uh, Double tracked, Liam vocals and parts, and then we got Noel harmonies and other spots. And that's very hypnotic. Great drums from Noel Gallagher, Ooh, by I the mean, way. I oh, wow. I didn't know
1: that either. Not- <laughs> so, so, uh, so Ringo's son is just like him. He, he has other people come in and play the drums. Yeah. Drum.
3: <laughs> Noel said, he's like, I'm the best drummer in the in the fucking band. They give me all this shtick for it all the time, but I really am. I don't know, but I mean, he played the drums on the track and it Just was like pretty Paul good. like
1: McCart- Paul McCartney used to do that for Ringo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, same thing.
3: Andy Bell, he added some cool bass. Interestingly, the, this album is the closest thing Oasis has ever come to a concept album. As lyrically, the first four songs are all interconnected, or at least thematically connected, because you have uh, Let's shine the light on the choir, which we might hear on the next song. Uh, pretty good track, but in the grand scheme of things, I don't think it's a memorable Oasis track, but it's good, but I'm judging it. When I say I don't, this is my least favorite album, I'm like Eddie. I love every Oasis album, so it's not like it's shit. But it's just in the grand scheme of things, it's my least favorite, and pretty much my f- least favorite opener. But that doesn't mean it sucks. It's a great
1: track, though.
0: Let we get to the next track, uh, "The Turning." What do you think of this one, uh, Edwin? Eddie?
1: Well, "The Turning" is my favorite track on this wait, album. Wait, wait, just
0: you <laughs> picked it. So let's, yeah, uh, I picked it. <laughs> uh, let's start. Let's play this track first, and then we'll get into your yeah, review. Save, So here's the turning on the Freeform Rock podcast. That was the turning
1: why did you pick this track eddie <laughs> well like i said it's my fucking favorite song <laughs> i i hope everyone actually listened to it too and didn't fast forward it which is what i do when i listen to the freeform rock <laughs> podcast yeah. but don't be like me don't be like me i'm you know i, I yeah you because know, i have all this shit. that's why i fast forward it but yeah. the sure. only time i didn't fast forward was when you did uh what's that group those the girls doing the weird music. Oh, the, the shags? Yeah, I listen, I actually
0: listened to the shags. Oh my god. <laughs> it reminded me of Sonic Youth, but Sonic Youth kicks
1: their ass. I liked it. Yeah, it's not as good as Sonic Youth, but mm-hmm. I actually, I actually liked it. I liked the shags. Oh boy. It was cool. So, so yeah, so I was listening. I was like, okay, I'm going to listen to the shags. They sound interesting. So I actually listened. But normally, yeah, why am I going to listen to shit I've already heard? <laughs> anyway, but the turning awesome song awesome song even better this was the song that charles sent me that some guy on youtube remastered it sounded fucking amazing i was like god damn it does has no heard this you know someone needs to hear this so they can remaster this album but even even brickwalled this is still a great song i love the um I thought th- this should have been a single, and looking at it, it wasn't one of the singles. I think it's a very catchy song, and it's a great second track. I love the the verses have that uh, like electric piano, and it has a kind of trippy, kind of cool, loungy '60s vibe. But then the chorus is like one of the heaviest things Oasis ever did. Like it's very it's actually kind of grungy, which normally you wouldn't say Oasis sounds grungy, but this chorus is very very grungy and liam's belting it out you can tell liam really loves singing this one you know he's the guy who's more the rocker you know out of the two and it's it's like you kind of have the Noel side in the verses you know and then you have the the liam side in the chorus you know and it, it's a great song i love it it's actually one of my favorite oasis songs and it's yeah easily my favorite song on this album i'm curious what does uh, charles think of this song
3: well, this is way more like it. For real. To borrow a phrase from the lads, it's fucking epic. <laughs> the choir works here. And I'm not necessarily a huge fan of the choir, choirs and music. If you listen to that Let It Be episode, folks. Uh, but, hey, man, they pay, it works here. And they paid a lot for the National Enquirer, whoever that was, to sing Come On. That's all they sang was, come on. (laughs) Uh, Another reference to the next song here with the line about the rapture. The little acoustic playing at the end was recorded in L.A., Mark. He had asked me about that during the mastering of the album, complete with sirens in the background. Yeah. Yeah. And Noel liked it, so they kept it because he's the chief, and he says what happens. We're gonna keep that in there. Kind of a strange choice. Uh, the song is great, and like Eddie mentioned, check out check out the unbrickwalled version on YouTube. It it, it makes it breathe a lot more. So great song, love it.
0: Yeah, this is what I think of it. Great pick, Edwin. By the way, okay. this isn't irritating me, and starts off with uh, two Liam songs. Wow, no, no solo on this is so fully done. I seriously need to listen to more Oasis after these first two tracks. They rule, but maybe it'll change after this. Right. On this. But I do love the first two tracks, and we get and uh, they have a fascination with the rapture going on yep. with these first two songs. So what do you think about this uh, Waiting for the Rapture, uh, Ed- Eddie? Eddie?
1: Uh, I like it. It's a good song. I think it's a good third track. So far, this album's pretty solid. Uh, this is Noel's uh, first appearance as the singer, and by this point, they were almost co-lead singing, you know, in the band. Uh, I mean, pretty much, I would say in the 2000s, like the last three albums, you know, I consider them kind of co-lead singers. Um... And, you know, so you're waiting. So at this point, you were thinking probably third song. Noel's probably singing it, you know, because they don't normally go that long without Noel coming in. And he sounds cool. It's one of the more hard rocking tracks for Noel. No- no- normally, Noel gives the more hard rocking songs to Liam, but this is a hard rockin' one, he gives it to him. Obviously, the first thing I hear when I hear this song is not your typical Beatles influence, but a Doors influence. It sounds a lot like 5 to 1. Like, that's immediately what I thought the first time I heard it, and I still think it, I think, oh, Doors 5 to 1. It has that bump, bump, yeah. bump, 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 bump. And, it, and it's, they, they, kind of, they could have even, like, kind of flipped these songs. This could have worked as either a second or third song. It's just, it kind of, it's just a kind of bob your head rocker. I like it. It's short. It's only, like, three minutes long. Keeps the party going. It's a cool way that Introduce Noel as the as a vocalist on this album and i think it's a great tune i, I like ra- waiting for the rapture i don't mind waiting for it it was worth the wait <laughs> so charles what do you think
3: plus well, noel's first sung song and while well, basically a rewrite of five to one by the doors which by the way it is different folks don't judge me off my live videos playing a guitar i suck tonight but uh, <laughs> you're better that, than i am there's differences in the chorus <laughs> <laughs> Not completely, but there's differences there. Uh as I checked. The song Grabbed Me First. Like uh out of the two Noel songs on the album. This one grabbed me first. It's about Noel meeting his wife, Sarah McDonald. I bet he regrets that right now. And uh a club in Ibiza or is in Spanish parlance a a place I need to go someday, by the way. Uh well, yeah, it's, you know, again, I do think it's a bit of a knockoff to Five to One. To quote the great Lee Gersman. that's right, Oasis has a way of uh, recrafting these old songs and creating something original in their own way. And
1: it's definitely a cool track. And guess what? No drums on this one again.
0: Damn.
1: Oh, wow. Well, that's it. It's like Paul McCartney plays drums on the first three songs on the White Album. So,
0: yeah, yeah, right? yeah, uh, just like, uh, man, what is this? Uh, Waiting for the Rapture. Great. Um, what did I? Marching beat on this one. Fuck. They yeah. have a fascination with the Rapture, like I already said on this album. So far, I love the distortion on this album. So far, the album is fucking giving me a hard on right now. I I feel like making fun of them, but I can't right now. This this song fucking rules. I like it. So, right on. And, right on. And then we get to the next song, track number four, The Shock of the Lightning. What do you think of this one, Eddie?
1: Fucking awesome song. That's what I think of this. Easily my second favorite track on this album. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Charles. Wasn't this the lead-off single? Correct. Yeah, and and I can hear why. It's fucking catchy. It's a fucking rocker, another hard rocker. Uh, you know, Noel wrote it. Liam sings it. And man it just fucking cooks i actually hear though uh this is a a song and there's a couple songs like this on this album where you can kind of hear Knowles bringing in a little more of a modern sound like it's not entirely like the first three songs that have more of a 60s 70s thing with maybe a little touch of grunge in the turning but for the most part they were the typical kind of um British invasion-inspired, like Oasis songs, but here uh, it, it, there's a little touch more of a, I would say, of a modern rock song, sound. It actually sounds a lot like I don't know um, if either of you are very familiar with the group Stereo Lab. No, but uh, definitely early Stereo Lab. If you listen to earlier, uh, early Stereo Lab from the 90s, and they're a fairly popular group in the in the UK. So I'd be surprised if Noel wasn't listening to Stereo Lab. It it sounds very stereo lab, this song. So that's all I'll say. So I was, when I first heard it, I was like, oh wow, Oasis is like doing a stereo lab type song. And it has the sound of like, they kind of like those keys and the driving guitars. And it's just a great driving, you know, kind of driving forward propulsive rock song it's like you're going out and you're getting drunk and then crazy things are going to happen but yet kind of spacey and futuristic at the same time uh you know i love it it's a great fucking track the shock of lightning and yeah like so far i'm thinking this album's you know it's a pretty kick-ass album so far what do you think charles
3: well as you noted lead-off single of the album i gotta check out the stereo lab then I, never yeah, heard. I th-
1: yeah i think you'd like some of their shit yeah. Yeah,
3: Uh, because Noel and Liam make no mistake of it. They keep up with the trends. They're hip. They they know what the fuck is going on. They they pay attention to everything. So I don't doubt it. Uh, Zach Starkey's back on this track, and boy does he drum! This motherfucker like them drums owe him money on this track. (laughs) Beat the fuck out of it. I wonder if he was inspired. Because this song is reminiscent to me of The Who. Liam, if you don't get him, you really have no clue. Literally, the last rock star. You know, some say he just stands there, but it's the way he stands. Like I said earlier, you probably would be into, like, Phil Lewis.
2: Oh, you fuck don't get off.
3: Great Swaggin' rock track, Winger My Motherfucking Ass. Phil Lewis goes.
0: moves, man. He gets a crowd going. Give a fuck
3: if he moves, he's a fucking poof.
0: Fuck yeah, <laughs> I've, I've seen both of them in concert. LA Guns fucking shits over Liam Live.
3: Okay. That's why the Foo Fighters opened up for him at Wembley in 05. Well, that's 05 when they first started. Oh, no, the Foo Fighters started in 05? Really? No, they but.
0: They, well, they they were a fucking pretty young band by, back then, though. Yeah, they were a, a young, young band. band. <laughs> they started in like 96. Yeah. <laughs> they were still a young yeah. band. Now the Foo, now the fucking. Uh, Oasis would open for the Foo
3: Fighters. Come on, not in England, not in England, buddy. They no. would in England, in England because
0: Eng- uh, Foo Fighters sold out the fucking what that Wembley Arena, main stadium. It, it'd be a in- double Fruits. headliner in England. All right, yeah, the arena. it's not like yeah. Van Hagar opening up for Bon Jovi in England.
3: Edward on his own, on his own, on his own. Not, no, 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 no. You're fucked up. I'm telling you, you're fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> I'm always the, fucked up. What the fuck? You're going off the whole of the the Taylor Hawkins thing, but who opened the show at the Taylor Hawkins thing? I don't remember. Liam Gallagher. Thank okay. you. Go ahead. <laughs> All right, this is what I So think what,
1: what do you think of the shock of lightning, Mark? Yeah.
0: Yeah, what did I think? I was just going to that. Shit, the fourth song of the song, the fourth song on the fourth album, and I'm not going nuts over Liam's <laughs> voice getting on my nerves. What the fuck is wrong with me? Okay, this album is so far awesome. I owned a CD when it came out. I couldn't get into this back then, but I'm digging this so far with the first four songs. Uh, pardon the pun, because, you know, this is dig in, you dig into your soul, so I'm, I'm digging into this. This is a banger, and fucking Nate Atchison might like this album. Seriously, the drums are kicking ass. Zach's, Zach Rego's son is kicking ass on this fucking song. I fucking love this song, but uh, that might be the last song that I like on this album. We won't know until we get into this review. So then we get into I'm Out of Time. What do you think of this, Uh, Edwin? Eddie? I will say I agree
1: to a degree. Only to a minor degree, but I do think there is a drop-off on the second side. So I will agree this album is kind of front-loaded. But this is still part of the first side this is the last song on the first side and i mean i actually don't have the vinyl copy but i assume that i assume this would be the last song on the first side but anyway the first five songs to me are great so i don't think this is to drop off by any means uh this is l- written not just so- sang by liam gallagher also written by liam gallagher and he was starting to emerge with the last album uh don't Believe the Truth, in this album. It was the first time Liam was, you know, starting to throw in a few songs into the stew as well. And they're solid songs. And this is a really well-written song. Very Lenin-esque. Very, like, 70s kind of solo lennon esque And it's a very... It's a subtle ballad. It's a pretty subtle song. It doesn't quite hit you the first time or the second or maybe even the fifth time you've heard it. But I tell you, the tenth time you've heard it, Really clicks with you. <laughs> it's that kind of song. And it really clicks with me this afternoon. I was like this is a really beautiful song. It's very haunting. It's it's like this kind of dark, wistful ballad. And it foreshadows uh some of the stuff he was writing because he wrote most of uh there's a few key singles that were like co written on that album, As You Were. But a lot of that album, the majority of As You Were was songs that Liam himself wrote. He wrote, he was very, um, he was very inspired, I think, right before making that album. Like he, he, the other two albums, he had more uh, songwriting help from other outside producers and stuff. And, but on that first album, he co-wrote a lot of the, he wrote a lot of the songs. And I know it's, it's kind of weird to me that he went to BDI after this album, instead of just going right to As You Were, because you hear something like I'm out of time, And you know what I mean, Charles? This sounds kind of like it could have been on As You Were. Like, it's weird that he didn't just go right there, you know, that he kind of took, I wouldn't say a step back, but definitely, like, a step sideways with BDI. Like, it doesn't sound like exactly what you think a Liam solo album would sound like. And then he finally figured it out and does As You Were, you know, a few years later, and it's like, yeah, that sounds like what should have came after this, you know? Yeah. um yeah but yeah i'm out of time it's it's a great song it's a subtle song but it creeps in there i think it's liam's best vocal performance on the album and you could tell it's a song that meant something to him uh and uh, he sings it beautifully and it's it's a great song i really like it a lot I'm curious what charles thinks about it
3: oh man uh phew. one of the best songs on the album Maybe right not the best, but it's right up there. Uh, what's really weird about Liam, you know, because this song is so Lennon-esque. Yeah. It's, but it's also somewhat McCartney-like. A little bit. Like in the melody a little bit, but... <sighs> Liam said he is John Lennon. Yeah. <laughs> which is weird, being he was about seven when John died. But who knows? Maybe that spirit went into Liam. I, I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> wow. Noel dug well. Noel dug this track too a lot. Yeah, Noel said it was beautiful. Yeah, and so do I. Yeah, and I I love that little Lennon interview snippet at the end. It was almost like they put it in like a kind of like a little ha ha. I watched the little mini doc about the album, and they found it on some BBC interview something was when Lennon was fighting deportation and uh, It's a great track. I agree. It's more reminiscent of His solo work. I think BDI I'm not a fan of BDI stuff really uh, I think Noel did the right thing and waited And crafted his shit and that's why I think he came out with stronger shit right out the gate but uh it's a great track. I think it's a standout track on the album.
1: Okay. I, I have a feeling this is where Mark starts to separate from us a little Oh, bit.
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the first four songs were amazing. Now we get to the shit part of the album. Oh, my God. Okay, this album is going into lag mode. Okay, the Beatles did it better. Jeez. Now Liam is getting on my nerves. Next. He keeps repeating, I'm only tired. We get it. Fucking stop. My god, I hate repeating through repeater lyrics. I fucking hate this shit. You, hate,
4: you ran remember, out of remember, fucking ideas. hate
1: repeating through repeating lyrics. Yes, <laughs> That's the sentence that you said. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I, hate re- I hate lyrics that keep just saying
0: the fucking same line over and over and over and over. We get it!
3: You're tired! Give it up! He just said I'm out of time a few times.
1: That's it. It's God. not that many times. It's only a four-minute song. I don't He's, know. Maybe it's yeah, the voice.
0: It's like I told Charles, I have to take a break when I listen to Liam sing a lot because he just, he just like pounds in my head. Maybe that's like you guys with Sammy Eggert. Maybe that's the same thing. I, mean,
3: I don't this, know. That is other things. You're handy, though.
0: <laughs> but Liam, you know, I can only take so much of Liam's
3: vocals. It's so beautiful. <laughs> You don't like beautiful singing? <laughs> it's just fucking beautiful
0: singing. That's Don Dockin. And...
3: <laughs> God.
0: Not well, now.
1: He, he, not, yeah, uh, yeah, he doesn't sing now.
0: Now. But before, no. it was like, Don, dude, you're singing to me, bitch. But, uh, yeah, I don't like the song at all. Are, no.
1: you, I'm, I'm kind of curious, though. Amar, do you like any, like... um? With the exception of maybe a few songs like Instant Karma and stuff. Do you like any like solo John Lennon stuff? Oh, I
0: like a lot of John Lennon stuff. We did a episode on okay. that on Mark and Jerry with Charles B.S. Sessions. I like a lot of solo John Lennon, but I'm mostly uh, Paul McCartney, a uh, solo uh, net swinger. Okay, okay. okay. Yeah, if, gotcha. yeah, John Lennon does get on my nerves a lot, too.
1: Well, that's what I was saying, because yeah. I can kind of see that if you're not so much of a – not as – If you're not a big Lennon nutswinger, I can see you not being, likewise, a Lean Gallagher nutswinger, because they are very similar.
3: Yeah. It's like Walls and Bridges, kind of
1: middle Lennon period. Yeah,
3: that's actually my favorite
1: John Lennon album is Walls and Bridges. Weren't you on that
0: episode, Eddie?
1: Yeah, what was... I don't know, you got so many different things, and I don't know, was that your... I don't yeah. know, was that BS Sessions? Yeah, was it? What was B- it? that, was what was that thing I was on? What was that? That was BS Sessions.
3: <laughs> okay, yeah. there you the, go. The uh, Lennon solo... Is that where we did that? I yeah, that, know. Yeah, that was
0: Charles's thing, so... Uh,
3: yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm a walls and bridges. Because
0: we, we are a team on Freeform and BS. We, we, we do communicate and say was, what you guys want to do. But, so,
1: you like, know, it's not just you guys, too, you know, because... I mean, between all these things, and, you know, I did a couple, you know, Andy Rodriguez does his stuff, and, yeah. and, and then it's my stuff, and, and, and you know, once in a while, uh, you know, I'll do RMCP. And so there's just a lot of things. So I don't always remember exactly what the thing is I did. I remember doing the thing, just don't remember what show it was, per se. Right?
0: Well, well, we're uh, like all in it. We're in this uh, Rock and Metal Combat podcast universe yeah so we're yeah, all but... because thanks to the great dr fuck and uh ian wadley we all came together but i i think i have brought a lot of you guys together from other things but they started it so which true
3: fucking story if ralph would have never said he liked oasis i probably would have stopped listening but he was <laughs> so fucking pro oasis i was like i must keep listening now because it's hard to find us fuckers
1: yeah. I if Ralph Fierre didn't do videos about KISS that were different than what other people were doing on YouTube, I would never be talking to either of you two guys. Because <laughs> so well, it all started it all started with with that. Because Ralph gives
0: his <laughs> honest opinion, I respect the fuck out of that.
1: Well, he had a sense of humor too. Yes, That's just cuz exactly. a lot of kiss starts like because I was in a weird position because I was like, "Hey, I'm middle-aged and I'm like getting into kiss." That's kind of weird. <laughs> and I was like, "So, where do I find is there anyone else like me that's like likes Kiss but has brain cells? I'm kind of lucky on that one, Edwin. And like, and that's how I came upon Ralph. And like, when I was reading his, rev- you know, watching his reviews, I was like, oh, okay, this guy's funny, and he 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 kind of gets the absurdity of Kiss and how they kind of are both awesome and suck at the same time. <laughs> and. and and of course, that led to the Metal Combat podcast, that led to the RMCP Army, that led to, yeah, that's how I knew you, you know? Well, I, 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 Mark, who was originally a villain of the RMCP <laughs> Army, <laughs> and and, some, and then he becomes the guy that's like driving me back for Judas Free show. That's the funny thing about how things happen in life, like where it all begins. It all, it, But for me, just saying, it did begin with Ralph Vieira, so man, shout oh. out, to Ralph. That's kind of oh. where it began, you know? Totally, and then I'm like the shock of
3: the lightning. I come out of nowhere.
1: You right. did actually come out. You like, did come out you, of you, nowhere. You, 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 the first time I even knew about you was like when you suddenly were on that RMCP episode about the Wings album. Well, yeah. The thing is, both, <laughs> ep- both, came both out our of episodes came out the same day. But Charles yeah. made his presence known pretty quickly.
0: He, he <laughs> did. I, I get accused of poaching, and I agree. I did poach a lot of like people off the uh their podcast but the thing is i had no idea i poached charles because we did that that damn yankees episode that came out on the same day as the wings episode so
1: yeah so yeah sorry for, sorry about that but because <laughs> obviously everyone's gonna be wa- listening to the wings episode sorry you
0: guys don't like harmony well yeah well the wings episode has
4: harm oh yeah yeah i can't.
1: i can't say that that's that's i I laugh with charles because i'm even thinking i say who's this asshole who's like talking over ralph and ian (laughs) 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 so i took i took an interest i was like oh this guy's got balls dude
0: he was he he told me like before he did the episode oh wait i'm doing rock and metal combat podcast an episode i i paid for and i said well you're scheduled for ours don't worry i'll do both and i go okay (laughs) yeah. <laughs> i had no idea he was going
1: to be on that show until he told it, me
4: yeah a,
1: just to continue a digression before we get back to the album but one thing i don't remember i think the first time you and me might have had an exchange that i remember was was it about ll cool j was that it Charles? Yeah. i i uh, think that was it i think i posted ll cool j and you were like hey right on you like ll cool j yeah. so yeah i think it was ll before oasis that you and me <laughs> <bombed> <laughs> on. i love <laughs> ll too fucking
3: ian it's all ian wadley's fault because he hit me up about an hour before he did it and he was like are you ready are you drinking <laughs> and i was like yeah man i was fucking drinking moonshine Oh, uh,
1: that makes a lot of sense but, but oh, can man. i ask uh,
3: you a
0: question charles didn't i schedule you first
3: yeah, it's you,
0: paid for, the- you paid for the episode but we no, already had that scheduled the, the, first before they. Up, quote,
3: to be fair, okay. Since we're gonna do full disclaimer. Okay. Negotiations <laughs> to do the rock and metal combat podcast was <laughs> before yours.
0: Well, yeah, because you paid for the episode.
3: But right. But so I had no idea that you yeah, were gonna be
0: on that episode.
3: Okay, did I? Okay. Do you, you want to hear it? All right. Do you want to hear it or not? Oh, go ahead. <laughs> Let me say. All right. <laughs> I'd hit them up because I was paranoid. I had come from Afghanistan. We had shitty internet. I was scared. I didn't even have Facebook until like 2019. I, I mean, I had it, then I dropped it, then I got it back. But I used to listen to the show and be like, oh man, you know, like, I'm hoping to someday I'd be able to be on that. It'd be fun because people at my work were like, you'd be pretty good on that. I don't know if they're right, but I was they, like, oh, they are it.
0: right. You ruled. Dude. And I was
3: like, okay cool so then when they did they came back and i was like yes fuck yes and then they did the drive for the fucking rock and pod that they're still working off and i was like yeah i was like maybe the second or third person to donate and i was like yes so i'm thinking like i didn't know how many people donated because i was like rip van winkle man so, like, one, when I was on their show, I was talking about shit from, like, ten years ago. Yeah, so, they were like, what? 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 What are you talking about? Because I was still, like, living in the past. I was listening to all the old shit. But anyway, so when I get to the States, I was maybe doing a little stuff you ain't supposed to do. So, I was a little more paranoid and shit. And Ralph was at his finger. They had some issuers in the hospital. And Ian was sick. And... But I didn't know all that. All I knew was, are these motherfuckers going to break again? Break up again? So, that I just That was a asked,
0: dark day in podcasting, no, just saying. Right.
3: I just honestly asked Ian, like, hey, man, we're going to do the show? That's it. I didn't say it like, God damn it!" I just saying hey, we're going to do it. And then he said, yeah. And then he made a date before I met you. And then it got bumped a week. So I was like, "Oh man, shit!" So I hit up Eric Jordan, RMCp, and I was like, "Hey man, I was just like you know, I'm interested in doing podcasts." Blah, 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 blah. So then he referred me to you because you take anybody as well. <laughs> I take people that are funny. And then you said, uh, "He said okay," you said okay, then you hit me up and we set it up, and I was like, "Okay," and it was Christmas week so we got a week we got a day off a week so i it was it's a whole mess it all turned into this big mess at the minute but i figured it out because then i mean maybe within two hours after you said we're gonna do it on christmas eve but you were like are you okay with that yes because i'm living by myself no problem but then ian hit me up and said can you do rock and metal now Basically, and I was like, yeah, so I had to figure out the days off and all this shit So I did the rock and metal the Sunday before Christmas Eve then we did the freeform on Christmas Eve and Really the only reason why I didn't say like I'm on rock and metal is because To be honest mark the first time we ever spoke was on freeform
0: yeah. But the thing is, did I know you were doing we were... rock and metal until you told me. No, because I didn't say
3: anything. You didn't say didn't...
0: anything to me, so I, I did not. I did not poach you. <laughs> right. Yeah.
1: Thank it's you.
3: Like, That's all I needed to know. But Charles' point is,
1: but so what? If, if if you poached him, you know, it's not a big deal. You it's mean, not a big poached,
3: deal. But you the poached thing is, before <laughs> I I have
0: poached before, but I did not poach Charles. That was my whole argument. Point
3: rouse point was and this is true and i don't mean this is a disrespect to anyone on the planet whether it's the great chris and zach or whoever i didn't even know eric had a show before rock rock all over you i didn't know that i only listened to rock and metal combat podcasts
1: only yeah, because they are the podcast king. So that makes well, sense. they
3: are, but
0: the thing is, I got into both of them at the same time: Decibel Geek and Rock and I Metal Combat. Podcast.
3: Name, I, didn't I didn't listen know. to it. I only listened to Rock and Metal Combat podcast, which this very day I'm on free form. I'm proud to be on it. I'm happy to be on it. But my world, that's the greatest podcast when it comes to music ever.
0: Oh, I'm not yeah. gonna. I'm not gonna disagree with you. That I'll fucking and lick ralph's ass right now hey ralph come here Uh, (laughs) i'm gonna see it (laughs) rocking but the thing is my my whole my my whole argument was i did not poach you i poached everybody else but not
3: you (laughs) you did but here's the point here's the point eric rfcp jordan actually told me about the format change of rock all over you podcast and said don't tell anybody and i did not
0: Oh, he told me too, because you know what? He was, the, he was on the Mark and Jerry BS sessions before he even thought about doing a podcast. I gave him the bug.
3: You but know. the point is, is I was told something in confidence and I did not break the code. And now came the first rock all over you podcast and this and that. I'm a I'm, I'm a lot I'm a I'd like to think I'm a pretty stand up dude. You are, man. Yeah,
0: I was on the Metal Dungeon before they changed formats,
4: before he got I Eddie. Never
3: heard so. I never heard of it. I didn't even know he was on. I was asking Eric what kind of mics I should get, <laughs> and what should I do, and this is how fucking silly I was back then. And let me tell that's what I'm saying. I think it was a—it's all just a big misunderstanding and whatever.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying I didn't poach you. I didn't know yeah, you well, were on. No, on. well, hey, how
1: about you just say the compromise is you didn't know you were poaching no i didn't know i was
0: poaching (laughs) so ralph if i poach anybody man it's okay man because i always told you ralph you're my inspiration you and the decibel geek podcast i love you both and i don't want any drama that's it very nice very well said
1: and now let's flip this record over let's (laughs) turn this shit over man (laughs) actually uh good time, you, you guys talk about this track because uh before we talk about get off your high horse i have to see somebody about a horse i'll be right back <laughs> all, right. <laughs> all right well but you guys go first did you go first uh
3: charles okay it's the next to last Noel gallagher song and i stopped taking notes at this point because by the way, we're going to start me not being into these songs as much. <laughs> uh, I told you it's my least favorite album by them. Uh, it's written by Noel. We're only going to have one more written by Noel. And it's uh, it's okay. Like, it's okay. I think it's got a good drum beat to it. I think Noel should have sung it. Not Liam. It's kind of interesting how they did the distant kind of sounding whatever, but I, in the end, I just don't like the song that much.
0: Oh, I agree with you wholeheartedly on this one. This song sucks. I mean, big, sticky, fool of cub, Two in a row. Now, get off my... This is getting on my fucking nerves. Just when I thought I was going to put them on my iPhone again, they gave me these two fucking fucking horrible fucking songs i fucking can't <laughs> stand this fucking song this is why i don't like oasis they fucking they they bring me in and they then they spit me out it's like can you guys be more consistent this is not consistent with what the first four songs were i don't know if eddie's back if he isn't keep talking charles
3: Right. <laughs> well, I- yeah, I mean, I don't know if I hate it as much as you, but I, it's... Yeah. It's a fall off in quality. For sure. But I mean, they have, I'm telling you, don't judge Oasis off this album. I'm telling you, it's my least favorite. Well, I do like the uh, Be Here Now. Well, the first four songs, you can add it to your phone.
0: Yeah, I could add the first four songs to my phone. Yeah. But,
3: uh, Even though you don't like Fucking, out of, I'm out of time. I think maybe you should give it one more whirl, but this one is a, is a drop-off. It's not the worst. Oh, no.
0: It's it's like my head it's just started hard. giving me headaches, and I don't get headaches.
3: <laughs> <laughs> it's not the worst song in the album. Uh, but maybe uh, not, but
0: it's pretty bad uh, to me.
3: <laughs> yeah, this is one of those where I get where people attack me. <laughs> is um. Eddie
0: back? Eddie, you back? No, Eddie's not back.
3: We'll uh... Just keep going. Uh, well, yeah.
0: Well, no. It's... I mean, we need to get him on that, this fucking track. <laughs> Maybe he didn't want to talk about it because it sucks so much.
3: It's it's Hagar esque.
0: Heck, what the
3: fuck with Hagar? <laughs>
0: <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with you people? You know, if he never joined Van Halen, you guys wouldn't even talk about him. He might have been obscure. And Lee would have talked I, about him. <laughs> that's the way it should have been.
3: That's the way it should have I been. I love
0: Montrose. Okay. I loved Solo Sammy before I even heard him in Van Halen. You know, I, I'll tell you the truth. 51.50. It's I really was kind of hesitant at buying it. It took me like maybe, I didn't buy it first day. I, I waited a couple months before I finally bought it. Because it was on sale for five ninety nine on cassette. And I had, uh, what docking under lock and key and Van Halen, uh, 5150. I remember taking that. I had a little boom box. I took it to my counseling sessions where we had group therapy and shit. Cause I was a, I was a crazy <laughs> kid. And, uh, I remember this one dude, he said, I was playing 51. Turn that shit off. That fucking sucks. I remember that's the first time I heard anything about fucking hell, Van Hagen, Van ha- Sammy Rune Van Halen. He's like, and then when I got on the internet, I go, oh, there's more of these people. <laughs> but I put on dock and Underlock and Key and the guy was happy. <laughs> but, uh, he was like, he was so irate of me putting on Good Enough that he wanted to take my boombox and throw it against the wall.
3: <laughs> Smart man.
0: Oh my God. Eddie, are Smart you back man. yet? Eddie. No. no. Still. Maybe hit pause. Maybe hit pause. I have no idea. But fucking, why
1: do you hate Van Hagar
3: so much? Are
1: <laughs> we? Are you guys talking about Van Hagar? Well, because yeah, we're waiting for you. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> Look,
3: it, it will sum it up for you, Eddie. Yeah. He t- really hated. He really hated High Horse, and I thought it was
1: not very good. <laughs> Go ahead. Okay. I'll probably be the easiest on this song. But I'll just say I I understand. I can understand this thinking this is this kind of a lazy fuck off song. Um, it, it, it is it, it's a song like this that keeps this from being a great album. I'll say that. I'll say that. I'll admit that. It's, and it, it's also another thing that makes me feel like Noel's got one foot out the door. <laughs> like, yeah. This wouldn't have made his solo albums, like his Flying High Bird albums. So I feel like he's already saving some of the better songs. <laughs> um, it, it's B-side material. It'd be a cool B-side, you know? Um, or if it was like a double album, if you know what I mean, where you can have kind of a just kind of throwaway offbeat song. But... On a single album like this, that's like Oasis' final album. Yeah, you know, it's yeah, it's not that great. But I don't mind it, because I don't mind the, the sound of Oasis, the sound of the guitar and Noel's, you know, I like his singing on it. It's got a cool swagger to it. So I don't hate the song. It's probably... I'm looking at this. Yeah, it's the, it's my least favorite song on the album, but I don't hate it. It's alright. It's an alright album track, but it's If this is the first song on the second side, maybe, or the last song on the first side, I don't know, because I don't have the vinyl version. But regardless, um, yeah, it's the weakest track on the album. But I don't hate it. Don't hate it. So there you go.
0: So when we get to the next track, which uh, Charles picked, Falling Down, I think uh, Duran Duran's Falling Down is better than this one. But uh, let's play this right now on the Freeform Rock Podcast.
3: listening. Please take a second to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and follow us on Podbean, and join the Freeform Rock Podcast community on Facebook. Now, back to the show.
0: Okay, that was falling Down. Why'd you pick this song, Charles?
3: Uh, because it's the best track on the album. Ew. Um, this is Noel's Genius wrapped up in a song. Uh... It's also a very good preview of things he's going to do with the high-flying birds. And I think Eddie made a good point with the last song. I think Noel had one foot out the door by this album. And he was just waiting for Liam to destroy his guitar, which got sold for, like, many thousands, thousands of dollars at a auction at that fateful Paris concert where they broke up. Uh... It's such a good song. It, I recommend people listen to all the remixes, which are fantastic. Twiggy Ramirez from Marilyn Manson made a great remix. So did The the Prodigy. I don't know if you guys are into The Prodigy at all, but they got some cool... Oh,
0: God. I saw them open up for Linkin Park, and I went outside and just had beers.
3: I, I kind of like that shit a little bit. It's like... I don't, I don't love it, but I like it. It's good. It reminds me of back then, partying or whatever. But, uh... I don't know, man. It's just a phenomenal song to me. It didn't catch me like waiting for uh, waiting for the rapture at first, though. It was a bit of a grower. But uh, I have to assume as well, this is the second side of the album. It's a standout track on the second side, minimum. But to me, this is the best track on the album. It's just Noel Gallagher's genius in a song. Did it grow go- like a fungus on you? No. <laughs> he stuff, by the way. Showed how he was moving on, I believe.
0: Oh my god. So what do you think of "Fall of
1: Down, Eddie? A lot of things that Charles said. Uh, I think uh, He likes the song a little more than me, but I still love it. I think it's a great song. My favorite of the Noel Song songs, definitely his best. It sounds like, yeah, he had one foot out the door, but he knew he had to give them like one good song. <laughs> so it's like, okay, I'll give them Falling Down. But Falling Down sounds like, yeah, it totally could have been on, like, the first two High Flying Bird albums. It sounds more like that, actually, than Oasis. the Oasis song has more of a modern sound. I mean, I don't even know if, like, behind the scenes, like, that was even a little bit of an issue. Like, that some, I mean, obviously, there are a lot of front, in front of the scenes issues between Noel and Liam, which everyone knows about. But there's probably some other shit, too, that obviously we don't know about. And, you know, and Liam might have even, like, maybe, I don't know, made, like, some glib comments about kind of i would say noel taking a more modern pop approach like where you know liam's more of a purist rock purist that likes old music so and noel's like moving in a a, a, uh i'd just say more modern kind of british pop direction and so I, i don't know it might have been an issue i don't know but anyway i feel like you could tell that this is where noel's heart is like this is where he wants to creatively go and he might have felt he couldn't do that so much with Liam and Oasis. But it's it's a great song. It has a lot of mood. It has a lot of atmosphere. It's uh, great singing from Noel. And, you know, it's this thing, though. To me, I love both sides. And it's interesting because, like, Falling Down foreshadows Noel's solo career. But I'm out of time. You know, like we said, also foreshadowed Liam's belated solo career. So it's like you see the seeds in it in this album, of both what they would kind of go off and do, but this album also shows that they could have done it together as well, you know? They could have both done these kind of songs on an album, and you would just have really amazing, eclectic albums, in the same way that you did with Lenny and McCartney, you know? But it's sad that the brothers couldn't work it out, you know? As as, as amusing as their shots against one of each other are in the feud, like, and it is entertaining, at the same time, though, I really would like to see these two guys get together. Not not about the band, because I'm happy with the music they're making as solo artists. I just like to see, like, before their mom dies, it would be very nice. And she's got to get be up there. So that's, you know, it's going to be pretty soon, too. So I just like to see these guys get together. And I know they have been friendlier with each other in recent years, but still, there's not, like, a full-fledged you know, brothers throwing down thing again. And I'd just like to see it because I I love both these guys. You know what I mean? It's like when you see two friends fight or, you know, it's like when Ralph and Ian split up, you know, I just like to see people get back together, you know? So I'd like to see Noel and Liam get back together because I think they're both awesome guys and they're both very talented guys and they both make great music. So why wouldn't you want to see two guys like that get together? But regardless, it's a great song and it's, yeah, I'm looking at this... Yeah, it's probably the... Yeah, it's a, it's the strongest song on the second side. Because it definitely is a dip at the second side. But this is... And it was a single. It was the second single from the album. And you could hear why. It's a very strong song. And the best Noel song on the album. In my opinion. So there you go. What do you think, Mark?
0: Uh, this reminds me of uh, U2 uh, Octung Baby with the guitar. Uh, the Edge guitaring on us. this. This isn't... I don't know what's going on. In well this don't song. you love that?
1: I thought you loved YouTube. Yeah, but it's baby. like a
0: copy of like doing the Ed sound like Roger Norris says uh, fucking the Ed sucks. I disagree with you wholeheartedly on that, uh uh YouTube did it better. <laughs> That's all I got to say about this song. This is totally YouTube love on this song with the the distortion he's using on a guitar. It's okay. It's not something I would go back to listen to. If I want to hear this, I have a listen to The Great Octang Baby by you two. But uh, let's move on to the next song, which is uh, To Be Where There's Life. What do you think of this one,
2: Eddie? I
1: don't know. Charles, do you know who this uh, Jem Archer uh, person is? Yeah, it's actually... one of the guys in Noel's band. Oh, no. He also played the BDI. So, wait. Yeah. Are you... So he's one of the guys in Oasis. Who so who is he?
3: Uh, oh so
1: he's the other guitarist.
3: In M Gem, actually, I don't know why.
1: Yeah. So uh, you're the more of the Oasis expert.
3: <laughs> he's in he was in a band called Heavy Stereo before yeah. Oasis. I don't know much about it. Uh,
1: but he would then be he would play with both Noel
3: and Liam at, in their solo careers. Right. He was in BDI. Well BDI was everybody but Noel.
1: So, essentially, it's this lineup, but without right. Noel. Is that BDI? Yeah.
3: Yeah. And you had Chris Sherrick, who took over. Zach Starkey did not tour on this record. And they got this guy, Chris Sherrick, who can drum pretty close to what Zach Starkey can do. And uh, he's pretty cool, pretty good drummer, too. But So, he's just a dude. Yeah, he's like the utility guy. And to this very day... But he stayed cool with noel yeah about it all well he wrote this song so there he you go wrote the song and uh, he wrote another song i'm gonna let you say what you gotta say about the song all
1: right. it's a it's a filler track but it works you know liam sings it good it's like a psychedelic rock song you know it has a groove to it it's not great but i don't mind it it's an album track it's it's better than a high horse lady song and fucking <laughs> no, and no gallagher wrote that so uh but it, it's an all right album track i don't hate it it has some cool guitar work it's you know i like i'm a sucker kind for 60s style psychedelic rock and you know liam to me elevates it with his vocals but it's definitely just it's an album track. I wouldn't even say it's kill filler, but it's it's serviceable filler. That's what I'd call it. Serviceable filler. It does its job. Um, you're kinda of hoping there will be no, one more great song after this, and maybe it doesn't happen. So uh, but but at this point coming after falling down, it's fine. Like I'm I'm cool with it after falling down. What do you think, Charles? <laughs> oh man. Falling Down is like cashmere
3: compared to this fucking song, man. And you know what's really disappointing? Is Gem Archer wrote that song, Eyeball Tickler. Oh, that's a great song. Oh, it fucking rules. And I think he had a really good song on Heathen Chemistry, too. Uh, I can't remember which one, so I'm drunk. But <laughs> Man, this song fucking sucks balls, man. And it's not the worst <laughs> song, but I appreciate it. Eddie throwing a little bit of niceness there. I I do, but it's, oh, man, the song is bad. And to even Noel was like, Gam Archer played bass on this song, and Andy Bell was typically the bass player, and Noel was like, what the fuck is wrong with this guy? Like, it's your song and you play bass? But I will say, if you don't know what a Hofner bass sounds like, really, you can hear it on here. He played a Hofner like McCartney plays, so you get at least can tell what the sound is on that. But it's got that fucking sitar, like the Izzy-style sitar. You know, the, like I love Pretty Tied Up. I'm kind of weird like that, but I didn't like that sitar in the Pretty Tied Up. Like, don't put that in there. I just think this song is it's not the worst on the album. We haven't got know. it yet. But no, I don't care for it. It reminds me of BDI BD. Yeah. You have
1: BDI
3: on these tracks a lot. Yeah,
1: the second half definitely is a little more BDI-ish.
3: Yeah, and it just didn't do much for me. It's not the worst song in the album, but it is not good. I, I did say it's my least favorite Oasis album. So.
1: There you go. Okay, so I can only imagine what Mark will think about well, this, because he did, he did, he's only halfway on the good ones. Who
0: played? Who played? <laughs> there was no sitar on this album?
1: On this
3: one?
0: It yeah. sounds like a sitar, but it's on it Wikipedia, it says there's no sitar.
3: I don't believe it. There is. You
0: no, know, there has to be a sitar in it, because it's... Oh, Donnie. my God. Maybe. This is fucking... Maybe it's a sample. Fucking <laughs> sitar. lordy he help me. Well, this album went to shit quick after the first four songs. I'm happy. Oh, fuck, man. This album sucks. Fuck... What's wrong with this fucking so much sitar? Stop it. Use it as an effect. But the whole fucking song, this is Beatles at their worst. Fuck this song. Fuck, fuck, fuck you, Eric RMC Jordan. (laughs) Like that fucking song of fucking the sitar shit because you fucking Indian woman.
3: So kiss my ass. I like Within You Without You. Oh,
0: fuck off. We haven't reviewed that album, by the way. (laughs) Don't be racist, Mark.
3: I don't racist. Fuck the sitar i like that song of course you do yeah yeah I... I don't like all them sitar songs but i like that one
0: well there's a couple sitar songs by the beatles i do like but the majority of them are george harrison songs and they suck fucking yeah, jerry love... thinking fucking george but, is the best yeah,
3: beatles. For mark for real listen to the song eyeball tickler that he wrote is really good, it's good uh, i'll for...
0: check it out send me a link because i'll forget because i'm
3: drunk too Any Any turned me on to that i before, uh, I'm going to stand up for streaming, folks, because streaming, you can get all the singles and the B-sides, which Oasis makes the best B-sides in the world. Well, so I am I, not, Eddie? I yeah. only
0: got Amazon streaming because Lee would give me all these fucking albums that I would never go out and buy.
3: You can put it on there, dude. Just get the Lila single with uh, Lila. I
0: do use streaming to make sure I want to buy something. So streaming does have a use. But if you right. like it, go out and fucking buy it. That's just my. It'd be,
3: amazed, my, my be amazed. the difference between "Eyeball Tickler" and this song. I mean, I, I'm just uh, that's a fact. So yeah, that that
1: should have been on that album. Don't yeah. Speak. I, I added it on as a bonus track. You know, right. and I got
3: to agree with Eddie on that, and he's the one to turn me on to because I never really listened to the singles because I had the albums. Yeah. But now it's like, oh. Ooh because they make the greatest b-sides except this album you don't hear many b-sides from this album
0: I think you two made the b- greatest b-sides <laughs> oh, I
3: disagree but okay The next song.
1: but uh, uh go ahead Eddie yeah I'll take the next song uh, like they, you know it's funny because when you look at the songwriting credits it really is the last four songs It suddenly we're like is this a BDI album did Noel just leave after falling yeah. out like he yeah. packed up and said bye guys do whatever yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Back eleven, yeah. Uh, but yeah, well, he didn't write it though. No, but he did yeah. play on it. I but don't know. That, you know. It. But but, but it, it does feel like he kind of fucks off after falling down as an <laughs> <Yeah>. grand overseer. The <laughs> so um, Ain't got nothing right. Yeah. Yeah. Ain't got all I do like of the last. Um, four songs this is my favorite it it, it's a filler track but to me this is a little closer to killer filler this sounds like it sounds like it could be a filler track on um as you work it has that it's just a good straight up rocker it's catchy i like the chorus liam sounds cool it's nothing amazing but it's a two minute 14 second you know pub rock british song it's it's you know it's got attitude it's got swagger it, and uh, I like it. Like, is that not a stand-up by any means? But on the second half, w- once we're getting past falling down, this is as good as it gets, in my opinion. And, and it's a, it's a good track. It's a good, it's just a good album track. I think it's killer filler. I dig it. And it shows some promise for Lee and Gallagher. I like it better than half of the BDI songs, so there you go, I don't know what happened with BDI exactly, because I'm with Charles, I'm with Ralph, I'm with a lot of people, I'm not a huge BDI fan, Uh, they have a, a couple songs, I think, on the second album were decent, but overall, that band is not what it should have been, in my opinion, you know, considering the people playing in it and Liam, but I don't know. They, it, it sounded like you heard that, and you were like, yeah, they needed Noel. I guess Noel was all the talent. But then when you got to As You Were, you were like, well, no, not necessarily so. Maybe Liam was just doing a lot of drugs or just fucking off. I don't know. But anyway, solid track, in my opinion. Not standout, but solid track. What do you think, Charles? Uh,
3: yeah. See, now the thing is with Liam, though, he's done great solo works, but he a hell of a lot of co-writes. Yeah. A hell of a lot, which is something I've never seen Noel do.
1: Yeah, ever. well, I think he needs that to fill an album. Like, that's right. the thing. Yeah, he he well, can, he, can, he can get halfway there on his own, but he needs some talented people to help him finish the job.
3: Crafted to his strengths. And I think Noel heard this and was like, right, I'm going to go to the pub. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go ahead. I doubt if he... I really doubt that he played on to be where there's life. And I really highly doubt he played on this. But is this the worst song the Liam's done? No. That's fucking Little James. I would have heard
0: that so. Yeah.
3: I would have been like the biggest Oasis basher ever. If that's the only thing I ever heard, I'm like, yeah, fuck this. But yeah, on this second side beside Falling Down, Falling Down blows away this shit. But it's, it's better than To Be Where There's Life. But hell, I mean, I think Wright said Fred's better than that. Oh, God. Go ahead, Mark. What do you think about this? Oh,
0: my God. This is so monotone. God, guys, what happened to this album? The first four, I had hope. Now it's gone. Fuck this album. Drums kick ass, though. You picked Uh, it. Well, yeah, because you picked Poison. (laughs) You picked Poison for me. (laughs) I had to give you a bone, man. It's not like Lee, where Lee gives me albums just to torture me. Well, at least I'm not
3: joygasming over it completely. So at least there's some I don't.
0: Well, want. well we will do other Oasis albums on here uh, yeah. coming up, and yeah. we will do albums that you guys want to do. I I am not a, a stickler. I'll do anything. If you heard the albums I've done with Lee, you know I'll do anything you guys want. <laughs> so,
3: uh, I mean, it's, it's not horrid, but it's it's not. Yeah.
0: i've been beating b lee over the head for years to do certain albums he won't do them for me like zeppelin 3 he won't do zeppelin 3
3: uh, one of me. my favorites albums exactly
0: before. he won't do that album but uh i hate this fucking album i hate this fucking album. i like the first four songs uh spoiler alert but let's get to the next one uh nature of reality <laughs> what do you think of this one eddie
1: i'd say this is the worst song on the album (laughs) yeah Uh, so i have a feeling everyone's gonna agree Uh, it's uh, this my biggest problem with this song you know what my biggest problem is uh i i listened to this album two times today and i still don't remember what this fucking song sounds like (laughs) (laughs) so obviously it's very forgettable i i i like literally I don't know, something weird about this song is it comes on, I hear it, it's like whatever, and then I totally forget what it sounds like after it's done, you know, and I've listened to this album, the least out of all the Oasis albums, but I still know what every other song sounds like, so I don't know, there's something weird about this song, I just... It's very forgettable. The bassist wrote it, Andy Bell, but that doesn't mean it's a bad thing. A lot of great bassists. Paul McCartney was a bassist, you know. Uh, but obviously, Andy Bell is no Paul McCartney. Um, yeah, it's it's a very forgettable song. So forgettable that it automatically makes it the worst track it's it's i just i blocked maybe i blocked it out i don't know but i don't really i'm curious charles how, how would you describe this song what's it what's it sound like what's it sound like even though i heard it like oh. a couple hours ago
3: <laughs> what's sad about this is see i like don't believe the truth way better in this album and i think it's not that phenomenal either i think it's decent but he hope, he wrote that opener on that album turn up the sun which i think was really good
1: yeah that's a good track that's much right. better than this much better
3: than this this sounds like that when in excess tried to rock oh god <laughs> it really does it's got that cheesy guitar fucking riff in it why do you have to
0: bring in excess up what the fuck?
3: well because i showed you that video where Noel was like has been should never give awards to going to that oh, God. In Excess things. is
0: way popular so cool. than Oasis. Just let you. No. They're Way
3: popular. Way popular. Know <laughs> There's nobody talking about In Excess except Mark Alden Taylor. But this song sucks. Okay, there this go. song sucks. It's horrible. It brings the album down. I mean, I think in the end this album man, probably would have been better served to be an EP. Like a double... <laughs>
0: Four song album it would have been awesome.
3: Like Lies was eight songs. Maybe you know we could scrape one of the one more song on there and put the good songs and it'd been okay. This song sucks ass. It's <laughs> really bad. Still not the worst Oasis song. That's Little James. But I, this is really bad.
0: I don't even know Little James.
3: <laughs> you don't want to, actually. I don't
0: think it. I want to. But uh Matt, I, I, I'm loving the guitars and the drums on this. It sounds like <laughs> like john wait 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 that's about it and then it it sounds like the guitar is like helter skelter from the beatles but leon's voice is grating on me and he's dragging this song down this would have been better as an instrumental
3: they've done some cool instrumentals this This would
0: have been a great instrumental (laughs) take the lyrics out of this shit, and it would have been great this song fucking sucks (laughs)
3: <laughs> Noel was definitely Noel was definitely meeting with agents and lawyers and accountants like when I get out of this fucker. What am I gonna do? <laughs> God, it, these guys. it would have been
0: great as an instrumental, seriously.
3: Because Andy is no Noel Gallagher. I know Noel Gallagher. <laughs> <laughs> He's not Noel Gallagher. Yeah. Ever. Yeah.
0: But let, let, let's take let's end this fucking album with Soldier On, Eddie. Ugh. <sighs>
1: Okay, soldier on. Um, I'll probably be the nicest to soldier on the, out of you two guys, but uh, I, I like I said, I I think the nature of reality is the worst song, so I don't think this is the worst song. I'm looking at, yeah, I probably yeah I probably put this above high horse as uh, so this is the third weakest track now, um, but I don't hate it. It's a, it's definitely longer than it should be. It's ironic that there are some songs that are very short. And then a song that's essentially, you know, Liam repeating Soldier on a lot is they decided to make it... I feel like it's only this long because it's the last track. Like at some point they decided this was the last track, so let's add a little length to it to make it feel like a finale. And it has a, it can work as a finale. I just feel like if this song was cut in half, it'd be more effective. I like the sentiment. It's almost like Liam saying, like, he's soldiering on. Like, hey, I guess I'll. my brother doesn't want to play with me anymore, so I guess I'm going to have to soldier on with these fucking knuckleheads, and we'll have to make some half ass uh, British Invasion-style rock music. <laughs> 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 so, so he's, like, preparing himself. As Noel's talking to the lawyers, <laughs> Liam is preparing himself. <laughs> To be in PDI, with soldier on. That's what it kind of sounds like, and he wrote it. So lyrically, it sounds almost you know like that. It's very prophetic, but it's all right. It's kind of a. I can see some people thinking it's kind of sluggish and monotonous, but it it work. It's like like I said. I think it's a it's a decent album close closure. And if it was a little shorter, and if it had followed a stronger second side, I feel like it would be a better song. It's just like, it's just, you know, it's the classic too little, too late kind of thing. Like, this is definitely too little, and it's a little too late to not wow you, because this album definitely was front-loaded. You know, that first half was very strong. And it is because of the first half that I put give it. I make it edge out uh, Don't Believe the Truth. Although I will say Don't Believe the Truth, overall, is a more consistent album. I just think that when this album does hit its stride it hits it a little bit stronger than the other album, but it is more evened out and more consistent. I will say that. But, yeah, so, so yeah, Soldier On. So that's my take on Soldier On. Not horrible, but could have been shorter, and could have been the end of a better second side, ideally. But anyway, that's my thinking. What do you think, Charles?
3: Well, I I got a little insider dope on this song here. Uh, I met some friends from England that worked out here as well and I met somebody that was friends with Noel Gallagher's butlers cousin (laughs) (laughs) and somehow I found out okay how this went down was this shit was like he was like checking out right he was definitely talking with the lawyers and shit at this point Zach Starkey was like fuck this what in the fuck is this shit say so and Noah had actually taken a break went down to the pub down there in Soho somewhere and Liam fucking rang him up and he was like what yeah what i got to play fucking drums so he played drums on this fucking song so at least he was part of the song but it's, is D-Dos
1: playing drums on this
3: yeah the yeah, other track he's playing drums on and uh, it's kind of a it's just It's not a horrible song compared to nature of reality. Or ain't got nothing or whatever the fuck. Or whatever. To be where there's life. Holy shit, that's terrible. But I don't know if I'd have ended the album with this song. I probably, I I had a problem a little bit with the sequencing. I'm I'm kind of a sequencing nerd. And I, I don't know what I'd have put last. Maybe Falling Down and Flip Flopped it. Maybe, I, it's not terrible, but uh, it's just a, it's a, it's horrible to end the album with this downtrodden song, but then again, it is also foreshadowing the band was done. I think they secretly all knew it's over, even though they had to wait for the event in Paris to happen, but still, it's just kind of like, a, yeah, it's not as bad as the other bad songs on the record, though.
0: Oh it's, oh, it's good. There you go. There you go. <laughs> this is my take. Are they trying to be the doors, but the doors do it better? Fucking Liam is giving me a fucking headache. Make it stop. Thank God this is the last track on the album. I can't take it anymore. Had to put on some hall notes to calm down my brain. <laughs> oh my God. I was fucking listening to Man Eater after this shit because fuck. My brain was fucking, stop, stop. Liam is killing you, dude. You need to put on some hall notes. I don't like this album. Four great fucking songs on this album, and I fucking picked this shit. But uh, I I need to ask you something. There's rumors that this band is going to get back together. Will they be better (laughs) than they were on this album?
3: They're not going to make a new record. They're just going to play, if they are. I mean, Noel's hitting the road this summer in the States with Garbage. I don't think you're gonna see a reunion until the divorce goes through and and if the divorce don't go through i don't think you're gonna see one because noel's wife sarah hates liam and vice versa so i mean if that divorce goes through it's gonna be like paul mccartney with good old peg and he's gonna do a tour like paul did do a tour pay off peg there Shut the
1: fuck up. Yeah, but that's Guns N Roses. They were waiting for Slash's divorce. He was going through a divorce. Right. And they, there was similar politics behind the scenes. Yeah, the, I, I know that in England,
3: England, it seems like it's slightly different because, you know, I don't know. I think Noel is waiting. If he's going to do it, he's going to wait the divorce is finalized. And I really don't believe seemingly. I mean, he wrote waiting for the rapture about her. The, the great songs on that first side that we're talking about was written about him encountering his wife. I, I mean, he's... It kind of came out of nowhere that his wife left him. And I don't know. I, I have a really strong suspicion that if she said, let's re- reconcile, he will. Yeah, <laughs> It's
1: kind of like a Yoko thing.
3: Right. And then if yeah. it's... If he does, I don't see it happening. But, but if it, they don't... Yeah, I, I go with Liam's assessment that Noel loves money and I think it would be money. And I would love it, but I'm kinda with Eddie. I'm in the middle. I it would be cool, but they make such great shit away from each other that I don't know. I'm in the middle, but I do think eventually they will come back.
0: Well, I agree with you. I'd rather listen to Noel than Liam any day. <laughs>
1: <laughs> have, you, have you listened to Liam's uh, last, his three solo albums?
0: Yeah, his voice is just gets on my nerves.
1: Well, if you don't like his voice, you don't like yeah, his voice. Yeah, his voice gets... I, I, like, album, I like a lot just, of
0: Liam songs, but I can't listen to like more than three at a time. So That
1: last album of his is very eclectic, so you actually might like that one the best. It has a lot of different styles, so it's not a samey, so you might like it. Yeah. If you have listened to it, I would recommend that one. I, I
3: would, love it. I love his voice, but yeah, I still think Noel does write better songs overall. because he's just a, he's a fucking genius.
1: <laughs> Noel is a genius,
0: just like Sammy Hagar. Yeah,
3: I don't. I,
1: you you think those club songs though from those EPs are so great? On what? Which one? Yeah, the, the fucking club music he start doing. He yeah, no no, 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 yeah. I don't. I don't.
3: I, he's that's one thing about Noel. I haven't been wild about. I'm not a lot about the Chasing the Moon album. It's okay. It's I, got-
1: I that, That's grown on me. I do like that. But, but it's,
3: this new song he's put out is phenomenal. The Whatever the fuck it's called. I can't think of it right now. But his newest song he put out is great. It's very Oasis-like. Um, easy now, I think it's called or whatever. It's great. And uh, he's just so talented as a songwriter. I mean, Burt Bacharach love, fucking loved him. That's the thing about Oasis. A lot of bands love them. So they know how great these songs are. So, I mean, he's not just a rip-off artist. He's phenomenal. But Liam is a fucking rock star. And if you get it, you get it. If you don't, you don't. Go to the rib Shacks and watch Firehouse.
0: Oh, okay. What do you think? <laughs> Why do you always bring up Firehouse? What the fuck? Thank you for trickster. reminding me of putting them in, in my show on no, Tuesday. Trickster,
3: my bad, trickster.
0: Oh God, I like. I don't like the first trickster album, but the other ones are good. But uh, let's get to uh, the end of this album. What yeah. did I say about this song? I Already said it. Fucking, we ended this album. Any? Uh,
1: you said your thoughts. Any more thoughts, Eddie? No, like I said, it, it's definitely front loaded. It's definitely brick walled. There's a few songs that are, you know, not so hot. But I still, I still like this album. I think it's a good album, and it ha- and it has some great moments. And like I said, if you're into Oasis, you like their sound. If you like Liam's voice, you you're pretty much fine with all the songs because you dig his voice. You know that's the thing. And so, so I dig it. You know, uh, I I, I did. You know, to use a pun, I you know with this album title, I dig it. Uh, not definitely not a Oasis album. I would give to someone trying to get them into the band, you know, but if you're already in, you already have all their other albums.
0: Yeah. Get this one too. Why not? <laughs> yeah, man. So, uh, let's get in. Our, that's our review of the 2008 Oasis album, which was released, uh, what? Three days before my, uh, let's see, nine, 2008 What 38th birthday. So October, 2008, uh, is produced, uh, uh, by, uh, Dave Sardi, never heard of him. It was on the label Big Brother. It says it's alternative, psychedelic, hard rock. I could hear that. It Was recorded in Abbey Road, uh, as we already touched on that. And uh, the album before this was "Stop the Clocks." I think was w- which was a better album. Uh, it's probably
3: his hit album. Uh,
1: yeah. We'll yeah, It's the greatest it hit. Yeah, so that's yeah, what I'm saying
0: it's a better <laughs> album. <laughs> But uh, let's get to our tracks of the week. Charles, you picked the Animals, House of the Rising Sun, which is a fucking killer track. I love the Animals. Yeah.
3: Noel Gallagher, first song you ever learned
0: a guitar. Yeah. And then we go to you, Edwin, which I got to go check it out. Uh, I do hate the BJs, but you put Lemons, Never Forget, from their album Horizontal. I haven't heard of this at all.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, and a very weird title. It's a really good song. Uh, have you listened to Horizontal, Charles? Yeah. Very good. Yeah, yeah, it's their second album. They, they Out of the gate with their first album, Bee Gees uh, First, uh, the Bee Gees were more uh, like Beatles-esque. They were very beatles psychedelic pop rock music. That's how I would describe them. Horizontal's probably the most psychedelic album they've ever done, I would say. Uh, they start re- reining it in a little bit with the next one idea. But Horizontal's definitely a psychedelic pop rock album. This is a psychedelic pop rock song. It's very, you know, it's 68, you know, 67. Probably the biggest hit from the album is a song called Massachusetts, which is a beautiful song, beautiful Mm -hmm. pop song. Uh, But this is a great, I recommend the album, the song and the album. This is my favorite song, but I also love the title track. Such a heavy dark song about suicide actually it's very trippy and dark and yeah if you like stuff like the Beatles and the kinks if you're like into the mid late 60s kinks well yeah if you like kinks if you like also like 60s kind of post pet sound speech voice if you like that kind of stuff uh definitely you should definitely check out late 60s Gees. it's all great stuff in my opinion and this is a really cool album and you'll hear the song it's a really cool song so yeah, highly recommend late 60s Bee Gees, very, very cool. And very different from what they would do later on. I love Bee Gees first. Great album, great album. And yeah, to, to me, those two albums work, they're, they're, they're both companion pieces. I mean, the, the first two albums are very similar. But yeah, yeah great.
0: Yeah, when I heard "Staying Alive, I was like, out. <laughs> I didn't even want to hear any more Bee Gees.
3: But uh, didn't you love the Sergeant Pepper's movie soundtrack. Yeah,
0: because Peter Frampton and and what's his name? Billy Preston and uh Steve Martin, you know. George Burns. George Burns, you know, that was cool. That was a that was a good <laughs> cheesy movie that I like to watch. Come on, man. I love Yellow Submarine too, the animated film they didn't do the voices till the uh, end.
3: ain't Fucking lame. That's the difference. It's... <laughs>
0: I'd rather watch Yellow Submarine than that one, but uh, yeah. I love Peter Frampton. But uh, my my track of the week is because I thought they had a lot of elements of this album. I don't know, because I know Oasis is a huge U2 fan, and I hear a lot of elements from Oktong Baby on this album. So I picked U2, the real thing.
4: Even yeah. better. Even better
0: Thumb. than the real thing. Fucking love that song. I love U2. I love the new shit they're doing uh re re reimagining their old songs pretty fucking cool and i usually don't like that (laughs) (laughs) the only one i really liked that reimagined was striper when they made them harder (laughs) that was second coming but i'm kind of enjoying these youtube uh stuff they're doing but uh i usually don't like reimagining songs especially that lynch mob album that was horrible but uh that's our uh review of uh Oasis, dig out your soul, Edwin,
1: Eddie, well, Eddie pimp your shit, man. Oh uh, there, anyone listening? To this I would think knows my shit, but just in case they don't, okay. I'm um, Edwin Canastrachi Eddie Canastracci is my YouTube channel. Check that out. You know, I do videos where I talk about this stuff. I have Oasis Rankorama, and I also have an album. I review Noel, Noel and Liam's solo career. All the or every albums they've done in their solo career so i got two oasis related videos and of course we mentioned eric r jordan rmcp a few times here he's my co-host and we do the rock all over you podcast charles has been on the show before mark's been on the show before actually mark's been on twice right so far i I think, think yeah three i was on there with the metal dungeon too I don't technically count the metal dungeon, yeah, but
0: okay. Okay. <laughs>
1: okay. officially it begins with uh, the Rock Over You podcast. We Although did the I,
0: doors and the cars.
1: We did the doors and the cars, and I did Guns and Roses. Uh, we did Guns and Roses with Charles. So oh, both yeah. of these gentlemen have been on that show, and of course they'll be on again. Great guest, and it's great guesting on your show. It's been a lot of fun, guys. You know, thanks for asking me to be on here. It's, you know. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Charles, Charles said we needed you for this episode, so.
1: Well, it's Oasis, makes sense, and, you know, obviously, you know, any other cool shit, if you want to talk Black Flag or Sonic Youth, you know, Ooh, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll do Black Flag and Sonic Youth in a minute. I'll co- I'll come on and do that yeah. sometime in the future, so yeah, def- coffee, de- definitely hit me up, you know my number. Yep. Black coffee. Yep. And,
3: um, uh, I have to say, uh, this was, uh, a hell of a lot of fun, one of the longer ones we've done in a while, yeah. and, uh. A hell of a lot of Oasis knowledge out there for you Oasis fans, all 16 of you. But we weren't as uh,
0: belligerent as Guns N' Roses.
3: <laughs> I, I mean, Guns N' Roses brings that out in you. Yeah. But uh, it's a hell of a lot of fun. And uh, as I always say, my Oasis blood brother, the Liam, to my Noel, Eddie, it was yeah. great to be on. And thanks for coming on, buddy. Right on, brother. Thanks again for asking me. It was a lot of fun.
1: I'm good going to go... Eat some pasta now, like a wop. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh,
0: thank you guys for. Uh, well, my co-host Charles Trainer, Jerry Soupe. Uh, we're gonna have episodes with all three of us on there coming soon, especially with your uh, your blood brother over there, B. Jordan. We're making into uh, a Metallica load. So he's gonna have a load of fun on that episode. Oh that that'll
1: be like a six hour episode.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well you'll be talking about poop and shit the whole episode. <laughs> so that'll be great. <laughs> but uh man, uh I love having you guys on here. Well, Charles, you're always on here now. But uh fuck you're a co you're a fool member of this podcast. There ain't no fucking scabs on this fucking shit. Because I started this by myself. And fucking, I bring people on that I, that I think are like-minded or like will give me a challenge. And I like being challenged. I don't like getting stuff that I actually like all the time. I like hearing stuff that I never heard, which is why I loved Lee. Sometimes Lee would give me stuff that would suck really bad. <laughs> but, uh, I'm good with that. Charles, man, uh, I used to tell Lee say goodbye. I don't know what to say to you or Jerry. So fucking, let's just get out of here,
3: right? Well, let's just go ahead and say to everybody, thanks for listening and, uh, rock on. Rock out with your cocks out if you have them.
1: Bam! I don't know. That works for me. <laughs> Later, guys. Later.